This is Zach Howard, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners. Your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016, and even further than that. I am Ryan, and I'm with all the nerds today. To my right is uh, James, and to my left is Brad. I had a, I had a <laughs> moment where I was like, "Wait, which one's his right? Am I his right?" And he has a college degree, guys. And hey, thanks, <laughs> he knows the difference between left and right. Eventually, uh, most of the time. Eventually, I'm super drunk right now. Are you? You no. drove over here? That's <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> no. Is that degree working good for you at Amazon? Uh, no. <laughs> I, do. <laughs> I, do, I don't work for Amazon. Kind of. No, I you don't. You are their bitch a little bit. No. <laughs> yeah. You buy from them. You work for a company that works for them. I, we don't. God damn it. No. <laughs> That's not what happens. What do you do, James? <laughs> I, that I don't know. I can't answer that question. I just know I don't work for Amazon. Yeah. Amazon's like, thanks for working for us, bitch. Uh, now, I kind of should because I spend way too much money with them. I bought one of those Amazon Echoes this week, um, which is the, it's like a, it's a th- thing where I can walk into my bathroom and go, Amazon, play bluegrass music. And it goes, what's bluegrass music? Blue, no, no. And then it plays bluegrass music. Yeah. Jesse has one of those. Yeah. I don't know if it's called Echo. Uh, well, called this Echo? one's called this one's called Echo. Yeah, and it, the default is you call it Alexa. But I know someone named Alexa and thought that oh, was weird. Yeah, like to walk into my bathroom and be a, Alexa, play some music. So what can you call it? You can either call Boo-boo it Alexa or Amazon. No, you can't call it Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. Otherwise, mm. I would totally name it something like it'd be. It's awesome. I name it Jennifer Connelly, and then I'd walk into the bathroom I and be like Jennifer Connelly, Jennifer Connelly, play me some music. I've been thinking a lot about the Rocketeer today. Not even we, Dan and I were talking about it even before you sent me those photos of the action figures. Oh. Um, so that's why it was it was it I was sent apt. Something's up. Yeah, yeah. The universe was like James. You should watch the Rocketeer. <laughs> oh, because we were talking about Timothy Dalton. Ah, uh, and me liking and Timothy how, Dalton's in Flash Gordon. And how sexy he is? Is that's he really? Weird. He is. Oh wow! He's like Peter Pan guy. Wait, I, I forget his name, <laughs> but he lives in like the trees and he wears like a green tunic. Why is Peter Pan in that? Anyway, whatever. You know what the odd thing about that figure is? What? Would anyone put the human face on it and not the Rocketeer helmet? <laughs> yeah. No, if I want to put him on my shelf, I'm going to put the Rocketeer helmet like under his arm if I can. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Lame. <laughs> if you want to go see the Rocketeer be lame, go to James' house. <laughs> you know what? Dave Stevens is rolling over in his grave. Oh. No, he already, he already did that enough after reading fucking Hollywood horrors or whatever that garbage. No, it was, it was Crate of Doom was the really bad one. I would just look at your shelf and be like, wow, he's a fan of Billy Campbell's face and not the Rocketeer helmet. <laughs> it's That's not odd. Billy Campbell. It's, yeah. Isn't it? It's, well, I mean, I'm sure it's modeled after him, but it's, it's, oh. it's, uh, Cliff that I like. 
If you're wondering what we do on Real Nerds Podcast, besides have conversations no one knows what we're talking about. It's just bullshit about hey stuff. Hey, kids, remember The Rocketeer? <laughs> yeah. Just us? <laughs> um, we, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we went and saw Los Minions. Um, God damn it. Do you know say we're talking in Spanish? Yeah. Am, am I the only... Sometimes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. It's, it's, it's like, like baby talk in Spanish at yeah. the same time. So I, I did that for our uh, Mexican amigos. Uh, Spanish speaking, they prefer to be called Spanish speaking. They may not all be Mexican. Yeah. Well, we they have people Portuguese, listen to us in Spain. They could be Colombian. Uh, they could, yeah, they could be Colombian. <laughs> I, I I only know Mexicans. They're down so. there like uh, in Portugal. Drinking they coffee. speak the Queen well, I don't, Spanish. I, I don't know any Portuguese or. Um, Spaniards. Queen, I know Mexicans. The Queen speaks Spanish? And the King. Of England? Of Spain. Oh. In Portugal. <laughs> Jeez, this guy. This guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what, what's it like being outside of America? <laughs> so we saw that. We'll talk about the movie. We'll review it at the end and spoil it. And, um, <laughs> uh, like, I, can you spoil the movie? I don't know. No. Um, There's nothing but, spoiler about this movie. At all. Yeah. But we also talk about um, movies we've been watching, some comic book stuff, uh, movie news, big movie news with San Diego Comic-Con happening, and box office predictions. Um, yeah, we just have fun talking about movies. Yeah. Thank you for listening. And, you know, we just hit a 1,000 followers on Twitter. Yeah. We're awesome. We're I got a I got a congratulations tweet from Twitter this morning. Oh, oh. yeah. I got that, too. And me and Brad tweeted the same thing, except I did it 15 minutes before you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, enjoy people watching our feed, I guess, because <laughs> we did yep. it twice. More traffic. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, before we start every episode, we like to talk about our favorite movie theater, which happens to be the Alamo Draft House in Littleton, Colorado. And this is what's playing this week at Alamo. Hi, I'm David Robert Mitchell, the director of It Follows. In my new film, Having Sex can initiate a curse in which terrible things happen. But there's another way you can catch this curse, and that's by using your cell phone during the movie. If you talk or text in the theater, you risk being followed by a deadly, shape-shifting monster for the rest of your life. Please, while in the theater, do not have sex with anyone, and more importantly, keep your cell phone dark, silent, and in your pocket. The Alamo's Kid Camp is Charlotte's Web, so everyone can go there and cry. And uh, is it the live-action one, or is it the cartoon one? Um, it does not I think specify. It's a, I, think it's a, I think I remember seeing the poster for the live-action one. Um, to Kill a Mockingbird is going to be there. Oh, you and I saw it there yeah, the last did. time they showed and it. And it made me cry. Oh, um, so the reason why is Harper Lee's second novel is coming out this week. What? Yeah. Wait, what the fuck? You didn't know? No, I what? didn't know this. What is this guy? I literally have an English degree. Really? Yeah. Oh her my second, goodness. Her second al- uh, album. Album. Her second, her, novel. Second, <laughs> her second album. It's called The Black Album. It's uh, it's all hard rock Yeah, music. her second album. Uh, why do you keep saying that? Did she her write s- it years ago and now it's no. getting published? No, no, or is no, it no just she's like... not dead. No, she's yeah, she's not. She's still alive. Well, still, yeah, it's like she could have written a novel way back when and because she was a woman, oh. couldn't get it published. What? Why wouldn't you let a woman publish a book, Brad? What's wrong with you? I don't. I'm not the publisher. I'm talking about the world. Actually, it's one of the. Um, there was some controversy surrounding it that she was um, like forced to publish this book because uh, she wrote it a while ago and she just finished it. Hmm. And some people didn't know if she actually wanted to put it out there. Hmm. Um, but she's come out and said she does. 
Um, I think she's like in her 80s, 90s or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's Harper Lee if you don't know who we're talking about. So, um, yeah, her second book is coming out. That's awesome. I'm going to have to go get that. Yeah, I pre-ordered it on Amazon. I can't even pre-ordered it. No, I didn't know it was happening. Wow. I, I, yeah. What's it called? To Kill a Mockingbird 2? <laughs> no. It, um, <laughs> great. Now you're going to make me fact-check it. Uh, check. Do your research. The, the problem you is the, uh, the problem is that Reddit never tells me anything about like intelligent things. Don't it only to, just why do you go to Reddit? It just shows me dumb pictures of shit on the internet. Um, so I don't get Reddit. That's I mean, all I, I do. It's I know like, what it does, but I just don't. It's like Pinterest for dudes. I can't follow anything on there. Oh yeah, you do, you it's you don't. Mess. All I do is I go on, I click on pics, and then I look at all the pics that are there, and I see like dumb shit and like people with wounds and like something photoshopped together, and then a picture of a mountain. People so, with uh, yeah. here, guys, I'll give you a little synopsis about it, okay? Because there's a review for the New York Times. It's called Go Set, the, Go Set a Watchman. Okay. And it's, uh, let's see, Atticus Fitch. Finch is in it as well. Oh, whoa. So it is a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So... Is she going to rape my childhood? Well, is she, is she gonna not be like, satisfied with the verdict so of the I case. Will, I will say this, that Atticus Finch goes is, rogue. Um, I'll tell you when we, when we read the first little uh, paragraph yeah. to give yeah. to yeah. Yeah. titillate the audience more. Shockingly, in Miss Lee's long-awaited novel, Go Set a Watchman, due this Tuesday, Atticus is a racist who once attended a Klan meeting. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I, no, no. <laughs> this is the Indiana Jones 4 of the To Kill a Mockingbird like series. Like, no, you don't do this. Midichlorians um, make the force. So I'll just, I, I don't want to spoil this, but I'll just uh, keep on going through. Um, it's written in the third person, but it reflects a grown-up scout's point of view. The novel is a story of how she returns home to Alabama for a visit from New York City, where she's been living, and tries to grapple with her dismaying realization that Atticus and her longtime boyfriend, Henry Clinton, both have uh, views of re- on race and segregation. So, like, bad views on them. So, interesting. Weird. Yeah. Um, I'll keep on. Let I'm going to pretend this conversation never happened. No, I'm just kidding. I'll probably check it out. What? 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 And I'll, and I'll leave you with this. Um, the emotional through lines in both Mockingbird and Watchman is a plea for empathy. So there you go. Okay. So maybe it's talking about, maybe it's his re- redemption and how he redeemed himself. Sure. It may be. Uh, I mean, I'm getting it because I think you kind of have to, right? Yeah, I, I really like To Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah. Anyways. I'll read the next um, So, you know, back to what we're really doing. Yeah, yeah. let's play at the Alamo. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, Dwarf's Kingdom featuring a Q&A with the director, Matthew Salton. Okay. The Beer Dinner is The Abyss. Um, video that movie is overrated. <laughs> it's James Cameron, right? Like I said. Boom. <laughs> um, Video Vortex is Terminator 2, Shocking Dark. I'm which I, that. I know, which Are I you? read awesome. is like the unofficial sequel. Like some foreign country made it because... Uh, they don't care about copyrights. Yeah, they don't <laughs> care about copyrights. Uh, the oh, science China. Yeah. Yeah, China. Uh, science Friction is They Live. There's a free awesome. screening of Pineapple Express. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, also during the summer, remember Alamo has family film series, which they kind of, they do outside. Yeah. And this week is Kung Fu Panda. Cool. And of course, what's opening this week, if you didn't know, Trainwreck, which is the Amy Schumer movie. Looking forward to it. And also Ant-Man. And I'm putting this out here on our show. What is this Ant-Man? (laughs) Ant-Man is a long awaited debut on Real Nerds podcast of Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, Andrew. He will be on the show. 
this week. <laughs> come hell or high water. Come hell or high water. Whatever we have to do, Dragon we're going to make it happen. and screaming. Yeah. Also this week, uh, I will, obviously I'm going to email to verify, but The Real Nerds will be attending a world premiere movie, Driven, directed by Brian McNally. You can listen to his interview from Denver Comic Con. I think it's Brian McCulley. McCulley? Are you sure? Yeah. Well, I made the, I posted the interview. I don't believe you. Um, anyways, <laughs> degree to disagree. Um, so we'll be there. And uh, Tony Todd, the star, who's also been in Candyman and The Night Living Dead, cool. will be sitting down with us and we'll be interviewing him. And he's all right. We'll be kind of, we'll be covering the event. <laughs> he just does, he does this horrible thing where he stands and then he just looks to one side all of a sudden and just lets his legs drop out from underneath him and his butt hits the floor so hard and so loud. I know. I always check because, like, it sounds I want, terrifying. I don't want him to pull something with him, you know? True. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be there. It's called Driven. Um, we'll be. Not the Sylvester Stallone driven. No, not the Sylvester Stallone oh, driven. Oh, come on. You know, uh, why'd you see a my movie? That's all I got. Um, Say wow. Tony Todd as Sylvester Stallone. I can't do Tony Todd. He sounds too cool. <laughs> like, he has one of those really deep voices that. But he's a really great actor. He's in the remake of Night of the Living Dead. And he has this part where he's talking about. Um, so he gets to the house with Barbara and. She's, you know, hysterical, like, what's going on? What's going on? He's talking about how he was trapped in a diner. And he said... What? Yeah, that he was trapped in a diner when all the zombies broke out. Oh, okay. I and thought you just meant, like, in general. Like no. He, he paid his check, and he's like, I don't know how the fuck to get out of here. No, and the zombies broke in, and he's talking about how um, some good old boy came in and shot up the place. And they he saw one guy take, like, five or six hits, and he wouldn't go down. And he says that you found, he found out there that you have to hit him in the head. And it's ah. a really, really great monologue. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so we'll be doing that, and then we'll also be seeing Ant-Man, and Andrew will be on the show. It's funny, Andrew was asking me today, he says, so how long are your shows, guys? Like four hours, and you edit them down? Like, no. <laughs> no. No. He's, he's like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> now, what you hear is what we do. Yep. Hey, buddy. I, we, we can't dedicate any more time to this than... Uh, I mean, we do edit about 30 minutes of Ryan's racist rants. But... <laughs> yes. Yes. And him teaching his son to say fuck. No, we don't edit that Stay tuned. Out. I think it's going to be funny when he just shows up one day and starts saying fuck. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he's on the show at, like, age two. Did you guys know we got a phone call this week? Uh, oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that for you guys. We got a phone call. Hello, this is Loomis, Dr. Sam Loomis, reporting for The Real Nerds. Zach Eastman was supposed to give a report on the Halloween box set from Scream Factory. However, uh, last night he was brutally murdered by my patient, Michael Myers. Um, when he was released from Smith's Grove Sanitarium, thanks to the help of two writers from the Saw franchise and the Weinstein brothers. We do not know their current whereabouts. They are hiding in the shadows. I am reading from what Zach was writing up until the point of his brutal demise. The Halloween box set is without a doubt a fan's delight. The transfers for each of the ten films looks amazing in 1080p. I don't understand what 1080p is. Um, and the audio transfers are amazing. And you are able to also watch the original 1978 classic film uh, with its original modern soundtrack, which will be a delight for anyone who is a fan of John Carpenter films as well as Halloween films. The special features are incredible, including a lot of insights into the mangling of the producer's cut of Halloween 6, uh, the miscasting of Jamie in Halloween 6, 
and the entire production of Halloween H2O, where you get to find out a little bit more about the uh, making of that film and what trials and tribulations director Steve Miner had with the studio regarding the masks and the score of the film. Although, and he says this quite abruptly, I do think that it would be nice to hear John Ottman's score throughout the film itself as an audio track. Overall, I would rate it 9 out of 10 Loomises. Uh, Real nerds, I urge you, if your friend Zach was able to be slain by Michael, there is no reason that you will not be next. Run! Hide! He is evil! So we got a Halloween Blu-ray review from Dr. Sam Loomis. I wonder if he's... uh, I wonder what it's like that he sees himself on screen. You think he likes himself on screen? Do you think he like Steve watches that movie late at night and just like just sits in the dark and is like, "It's so cool. Like, look at me." Steve Miner directed a God Halloween and a Friday you. the Thirteenth. Yeah. <laughs> God damn you, Michael. Uh, Zach, you almost pulled off it. Uh, you you lost character a couple times, but overall, <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh. If you didn't say um, I think you would have got it. <laughs> That, that's uh, my critical critique of you, Zach, but thanks for calling in. It's it's like cool. hard to like not like say those like ums and things. It is. Uh, if you want to be on the uh radio, uh <laughs> you gotta do it. Oh man. I know. I was just I'm frustrated with my past few recordings where I said like a whole bunch. That's okay. I, I wasn't gonna say anything. You should. You call but, me on it. You should just I wish there was a buzzer here so that while I'm talking you just like hit it and I'd be like, damn it. No. Like so, I just said right now. I never, so like we would hit it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I never notice it because I always just fast forward through your parts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't blame you. That those all those documentaries uh, I watched were pretty painful. Hey, those are fascinating. Well, anyway. Well, um, they're fascinating. My critique of them is <laughs> so much. Speaking of stuff we watch, this is what we watched this week. So uh yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Fine, I'll fucking go. I always wait for you guys to go. No, this week I finished my cruisathon. <gasps> I was what? Yeah, I was gonna fucking finally. I know. <laughs> I was gonna put up um, an article, but my son keeps on distracting me. I have like three articles I need to finish on there. Yeah. But anyways, so this week I saw The Last Samurai with cool. Tom Cruise, and I still love that movie. That movie's awesome. Does he die in it? He does not. Okay. No, we went over this. Well, from memory, but yeah. he saw it. Yeah, so. true. Um, he. The movie, if you don't know what it is, uh, Tom Cruise plays Nathan Al- Algren, I think is his last name. Nate. Nate. Uh, and he, uh, <laughs> Nate Algernon. <laughs> I think it might be that. Um, anyways, he, I know. Uh, so he is a Civil War veteran, and he goes around to basically trade shows, and he's trying to hawk these guns for... Civil War trade shows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's like going around and he's trying to hawk these guns for this gun company. And so he goes out there and he shows that he can shoot these these guns really accurately. And he talks about how he kills the red man with it. And he's really ashamed of who he is because he's a hero. They all treat him like a hero of the the Union War. Because he is part of uh, one of the worst parts in Colorado history is a massacre on Sand Creek where – the United States Army opened fire on women and children and killed hundreds of them. Are you sure he's at Sand Creek and not Wounded Knee? Yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. Anyway. It looked like a creek. Yeah, but well, anyway. But, you know. Anyways, he kills a lot of Native Americans. Yeah. And he doesn't think he should be a hero for it. And he gets invited to 
dinner by two Japanese businessmen who want to train the Japanese army to fight the samurai because the Japanese want to become modern. And the way of the samurai is you're not going to win any wars fighting with swords when everybody else has guns. Yeah. And so they hire Tom Cruise and the dude who's in Jason Goes to Hell. I forget his name. Um, <laughs> but Tony Goldwyn. <laughs> there you go. And he he's in that. And so he gets paid 500 bucks a week, which is a lot of money in 1884. Sure. <laughs> he, he goes, so he goes to Japan. And while he's training them, they're not ready to fight the samurai. And, you know, they say, oh, don't worry. They have swords and we have guns. And so Tom Cruise says, you tell this man to shoot me. And he goes out there and the guy tries to shoot him and he can't hit him. And, uh, and they said, doesn't matter. We're going to march on, um, samurai guy. I forget his name too. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Ken Watanabe. Yeah. That guy. Um, not the actor. I forget his samurai right, name. Yeah. Um, I think it's Koshimitsu. Yoshimitsu. Like uh, Yoshimitsu Tekken. from Tekken. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so they, they run into the samurai in a forest and it's beautifully shot. And the samurai come out of like the fog and they butcher everybody and they take Tom Cruise hostage because the samurai leader guy says, Oh, he's, he does, he's not afraid to die. You know, he doesn't care and he fights like a samurai. Yeah. And so he takes him to the village and there Tom Cruise learns that maybe he's wrong about you know, native cultures and that these people are really should be respected. And so he kind of learns the way of this village and the samurai and the last samurai is, uh, can't want to be his character. And, uh, <laughs> can't want to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, gotcha. Uh, it's, it's like dances with wolves, but with, yeah, with samurai. Japan. Yeah. And so, at, yeah. Anyways, at the end they get mowed down with machine guns, except Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise gets shot because like he's three or white, four times. and so white people always survive. Uh, yeah. Well, the samurai guy lived too. Does he? Yeah, but he kills himself. Oh yes, right. Because he wants to die an honorable death, right? And it, it's just, it's a really good movie. Like the action scenes are really good. It's uh, I forget who does the score, but he's really good uh, in it. Um, Hans Zimmer, maybe. Yeah, I, uh, I can't remember. I I used to own it. It's it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed watching it. Uh, the second movie I watched was The Outsiders. Cool. Which is um, really melodramatic. Yeah. Uh, and Tom Cruise really isn't in it too much. Are you going to put an Outsiders poster on your, Maybe. On your wall? Maybe. I do like love, I do girl love Rob Lowe. Um, your son's disappearing under yeah. the table. Come here. Come here. Yeah, Colin. Tom Cruise Come plays uh, the only greaser without a cool name. He plays Steve. Oh. <laughs> And everyone else is like Soda Pop and Pony Boy and, <laughs> and you know Steve and Steve, but the it's basically a class warfare uh, movie where you have the greasers who are the poor people, and then you have the soch that are the rich people. And Diane Lane is young in it, and she plays the sympathizing one. And Ralph Macchio's in it, and he's really young. Uh, see Thomas Howell is Pony Boy, and he's kind of the main character. Also, Patrick Swayze's in it. Rob Lowe. There's like lots of famous people in it. Um, but it, it's, it's a good movie and Francis Ford Coppola is the director. So it's shot really well. And it's interesting. I watching that movie and then watching his later stuff, The Godfather, Dracula. Um, I think The Godfather was before that. Was it before that? Yeah. Was it? 83? Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, so I guess his film style where he has like really weird close-ups and like fuzzy stuff behind him. Um, 
<laughs> Look at that little boy. He's so fucking tired and he won't go to sleep. Maybe he'll play with Yoda. Play with Yoda. Um, so yeah, the movie's okay. It's, it's like really heavy on like melodramatic moments where one guy gets murdered. So the greaser is Ralph Macchio and Pony Boy have to run away. And then on their way back, when Matt Dillon picks him up <laughs> to take him out to Dairy Queen, on the way back to the church they're staying at, there's some school there and it's caught on fire. And so they have to rescue the kids in there. And then Ralph Macchio dies. And then they have a huge fight at the end in the rain, like lethal weapon. Mm. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. I, it's an okay movie. Um, I always thought, found it interesting that, you know, when they do re-releases of movies nowadays, they change the poster. Mm-hmm. But that one, they still leave that black poster on there. Yeah, I think it's because it's really iconic. Yeah, um, I guess. It's because that's the poster that every girl in the 80s had on her wall. Yeah, why not? I'm not saying they should change it. I'm just saying that it's interesting that it, like it's an old style, and usually they try to update Fuck, that Fuck, I'm stuff. drawing a blank. I saw four Tom Cruise movies this week. I also watched Magnolia. That's one I know I watched. Mm-hmm. And he, in that one, he plays this like self-help guru who tries to get you laid. And he's his name's Frank, and he's like the scummiest guy in the world. This 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 is the movie we should play a a quick line from. Okay. Respect the cock and tame the cunt. Tame it. Take it on head first with the skills that I will teach you at work and say, Noah, no. you will not control me. Noah, no. you will not take my soul. Noah, no. you will not win this game. Because it is a game, guys. You want to think it's not, huh? You want to think it's not, you go back to the schoolyard and you have that crush on big titted Mary Jane. Respect the cock. You're embedding this thought. I am the one who's in charge. I am the one who says yes. No. Now. Here. It's universal, man. It is evolutional. It is anthropological. It is biological. It is animal. We are.
want you to know that I hate your fucking guts. You could just fucking die, you fuck. And I hope it hurts. I fucking hope it hurts. Yeah, totally. Shit, man. But especially when that movie came out, like Tom Cruise was going going up, and then to see him like do a movie where he said that was just. But the thing is, is he's so good in this movie. Oh yeah, because that part he plays, you know, this cocky on this. I'll tell you how to tame the pussy. You know, this really arrogant guy, and then as the movie progresses, and you find out that his dad's a piece of shit, and oh, I love his performance in this. It's so good, and yeah. 
uh, oh, and same here. Now I finally remember what I watched. But uh, Magnolia is a really interesting movie. It's like three hours and twenty minutes long, mm-hmm. and it, it's basically cobbled together skits. Skits. I don't know that's not right. Uh, <laughs> it's like an yeah. it's vignettes. Yeah, vignettes. There we go. It's kind of like a Robert Altman movie. Yeah, where it's cobbled together. Then all of a sudden they all kind of come together in one um, overlapping thing, and uh, I think Tom Cruise has probably the best parts in it. Um, Julianne Moore's really good in it. I really love, um, oh shoot, uh, the, the guy who's in the Will Ferrell movies. Um, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yeah, John C. Riley's John C. Riley's story is one of my favorites. The yeah. one I don't like is actually William H. Macy's. Yeah. That, that one to me is kind of like, eh. But, I mean. the, but the, the, the movie shot, the cool thing is P.T. Anderson, uh, Paul Thomas, he, his movies look really great on Blu-ray. Yeah. Really good. And so the, the movie is maybe my favorite one of his. Uh, followed closely by, I like Punch Drunk Love a lot. Um, I think I like Punch Drunk Love so much because it's only like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah. the movie's really good and Tom Cruise is amazing in it. And speaking of, uh, maybe Tom Cruise's best performance ever is, uh, I've never seen Born on the Fourth of July. Oh. And watching that, uh, and it's the last one I watched in so much because I don't like Oliver Stone. And, but as I was watching, I'm like, oh, this is before Oliver Stone kind of went crazy. <laughs> so the, the movie is about, it's a true story about Ron Kovic, and he is a Vietnam veteran who gets disabled while he's in Vietnam. And he learns what when he comes back and he's disabled that they treat the Vietnam vets horribly. I mean, you should see, like, the the VA hospital he's in yeah. is horrible. The public. <laughs> it's, I mean, there's a part in it where he he doesn't want to lose his leg, and he's trying to walk. And they know he can't walk anymore, but he's using um, crutches. And he says, look at me walk. And his leg breaks and he doesn't know it because, mm. you know, he's paralyzed. And so he's hooked up to this machine that keeps on breaking down. And he's like, please don't make me lose my leg. And the people there say, like, why does it matter? Like, you can't even feel anywhere. He's like, just don't make me lose my leg. And, uh, and then the next scene is him passed out. Uh, he's like hung face facing the floor. And you just see all this puke. And so they just left him there for hours. Just to throw up and get sick, and and he, they flip him over. He's like, "I'm a Vietnam vet, man. You should you should treat me like a person." And people are yelling at him, "Shut the fuck up!" And it's a really s- sad story. And Tom Cruise is amazing in it. Uh, there's a part where his mom is this huge Christian lady, and he says, "My penis doesn't even work," and he's really frustrated with who he is. And she's freaking. Oh, it's it's amazing. I would definitely recommend seeing uh, Born on the Fourth of July. Cool. It's definitely good, and it's before he made JFK, so he's not really that crazy. Yeah, because uh, you know, I mean, I think Platoon's a good movie too. Yeah. So he made Platoon, and then he made Born on the Fourth of July, and and the special features are really cool because it has vintage Tom Cruise and Ron Kovic interviews. Mm. So they kind of talk about how they met, and I guess uh, Mr. Kovic was on set, and Tom Cruise who kept on after every tape say, "Is that how you would do it? Is that am I doing it right?" And he said he would look at him and just lose that it was Tom Cruise. Hmm. Um, so it's a hats off to Tom Cruise. And those are the last of the Tom Cruise movies. Um, wow. Uh, I also watched both Alien vs. Predator movies this week. Because <laughs> uh, I'm doing the comic book movie thing. And I realized Alien vs. Predator actually started as a comic book. Yeah. And here's the thing is a lot of people don't like the second one as much as the first one. And I actually think the second one's better because oh, yeah. it's it's more true to the the franchises and the predators aren't bitches in yeah it? and the predators aren't yes. bitches yeah and it's not a paul ws anderson movie <laughs> yeah. where they're all the same where they're trapped in some pyramid or some maze 
and the maze is constantly changing and putting him against it. And they, he, you know what's funny? He even does the same shots in Resident Evil as he does in Alien vs. Predator where it's underground and you see like infrared and then it spins around and then it shows everybody else. He does the same shots in Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Is it I, us, the comment, that like all those movies are underground or is that yeah. an internet thing? No, it's, I'm pretty sure we said it. Yeah, I think it's you. Yeah. But, yeah. But, and it's true. Yeah, no, it's 100% true. And two, you're right. Except for, well, actually, I think if I remember the Three Musketeers, there's a good, there's a good, there's like a, a section dungeon that's scenes. under. Yeah, there's some dungeon scenes. <laughs> but it's not all underground. But that's the thing is, um, so the first one, the thing with Paul W. Sanderson, I think visually he makes cool movies. I think visually he's a good director. But... <laughs> I, I was with you at cool when you said good. That's when I'm like, ah. No, he does. His movies look good. I think he what? I think he's a hack. Like I, I think he is very much because if you go back to like Resident Evil, I would agree with you. Like I think he is a good director, especially visually. There, yeah. I think now it's a lot of rehash and. Like, oh yeah, but I mean, even in this movie, there he does some really cool shots with the alien queen. Yeah. Um, but then he, he loses me on the predators being bitches. I, I the thing I and also too the predators uh, <laughs> armor in it is too bulky. I'm I'm thinking they're supposed to be hunters and they have this bulky armor and they look just too bulky. Maybe the planet they were at before they got there, they were fighting some some race that was like. Oh, no, remember in it though that this is their test because they're they're juvenile predators. So they're sent down there to fight the alien. I haven't seen that movie since the theater. And the the guy's able to decipher this by reading the hieroglyphics on the pyramid, by the way. Um, Well, because they're written in like whatever Aztec or Mayan, I forget. Yeah. So, I, think, I think the 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 one thing I totally agree with you, except for the fact that I don't really love the Predalien. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing about Requiem I don't like as much. But I agree, yeah, it, yeah. Even, but, even even with that, it's all better. Than so the first yeah, one. so the second one, one, it's super violent, yeah. which it should be because because the first one's PG thirteen. Yeah, AVP is PG thirteen. Except if you watch it on Blu ray, they have the unrated cut. But all they did was go around add in CGI blood, and it looks horrible. Yeah, like they didn't cool. shade it right, so it looks literally. Like, I could go on there and put in red dots everywhere. And that's all they did to yeah. make it unrated. Um, but yeah, uh, the second one is a darker, and the Predator is sleeker, and he kills indiscriminately. Yeah, they kill main characters in that. Yeah, they kill main characters in it all the time. So, so yeah, that one's way better. And it takes place in Colorado. Springs. That part's cool. Yeah. Uh, or Gunnison? Gunnison, yeah. I think. Or Crested Butte or Gunnison, I can't remember. Grand Junction? One of those, yeah. Western, other, West, Western Slope. Other, other parts of Colorado. Yeah. So, and it, it's shot really well. It's just shot by the Strauss brothers. I don't even know what else they've ever done, but like the Predators, badass in it, and the aliens are badass. They get equal due. I know, no, no. <laughs> and uh, the last thing I watched is maybe considered one of the best car chase movies ever, called Vanishing Point, um, which I've never seen. And Would that's you another. Watch it on? Huh? Would you watch it on Blu-ray? Damn. I haven't wanted to see that, but it's on Netflix. You can borrow it if you want. Cool. Um, It takes place in Denver as well. Yep. And it's about a guy who has to go to San Francisco by 3 in the morning, and they never really say why he does. Yep. Um, So he drives from Denver, and then he's just being chased by cops constantly. And This is the Australian movie, right? No. Uh, No, it's not Australian. Oh, it must be something else then. Uh, It was from the, like... It's it's of the sort of hippie era where there were a lot of it, it's very similar to like a uh, like an Easy Rider honestly um, not as much like yeah. laissez faire but a lot of just like we're going from A to B and we run into some weird people along the way mm-hmm. and they try to say some hippy dippy stuff along the way yeah and then it just sort of ends yep 
and it's it's a cool movie. I mean, the the car chases in it are pretty cool. Um, it does go a little slow. Yeah, and then it flashes back to weird things like he was in Vietnam, and then he was a San Diego cop, and then he was a motorcycle racer, and then he was a NASCAR racer. Yeah, and he's crashed in both of them, and they would never really say why he's going to San Francisco. Yeah, uh, I think he has to deliver the car. Maybe I don't know. It it's one of those movies that desperately wants to be saying something, but it was probably mm-hmm. written by people who were so high that they just couldn't actually dedicate any talent to completing a script. Um, it's it's a movie that I I watched it back in college and mm-hmm. didn't didn't love it. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know that that car is iconic. I mean, I yeah. can at least say that. And it's cool. I mean, the, the chases with the, some of the police officers are pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, then he has that really cool race with the guy in the Jaguar. Um, oh, that's right. And he flips over, and then he makes sure that he's okay because he's not a totally bad guy. But he also does drugs; like he needs speed to get. He's on drugs oh, so yeah. he can make the run. It, so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. It's one of those movies I got for three ninety nine, and I was like, yeah, yeah yes, whatever, yeah, three ninety nine, yes. And so, yeah, I had fun. If you want to watch a nineteen early seventies car chase movie that's all done practically, there you go. Watch Vanishing Point. Yeah, but even to say all good, like as I remember, it's not like there's a whole lot of like special effects kind of stuff in there right no. like it's mostly just cars yeah driving um, really fast um, it's not it's not like the first mad max or anything no like no, no 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 um uh, so just know what you're getting into but that's what i watched james what'd you watch um just a few things uh i uh finished up halt and catch fire the first season of halt and catch fire uh which is fantastic um really excited to to catch up with uh season two which is on right now um i also watched the second season of silicon valley which is the HBO show that I've, I talked about uh, some weeks ago, like three three weeks ago or so. Um, and the second season is just as good. I mean, if you like Mike Judge and you're looking for something Mike Judgey, uh, it I think the second season feels even more like his work, um, but still really fun. Uh, that's the show about the the guys in you know living in a house who have this sort of company with that that they're it's like a little startup uh, tech company. Um, and it's really just about what kind of dumb assholes they kind of are. Um, I also watched the first two episodes of Black Mirror, um, which is a, it's a British show. It's basically like the Brits trying to do Twilight Zone. Um, it's a modern show. It started back in 2011. And, uh, so each episode is its own little self-contained, like, hour-long, um, sci-fi-ish kind of story. Um, the first one, honestly, I watched the first one because I've heard people talk about it for a long time and so I was kind of excited. Like, oh, okay, I'll give this a shot. Like, I want I want like a cool sci-fi mystery kind of show. Um, so I watched the first one and honestly didn't want to watch another episode. Um, the first episode is uh, basically this terrorist um, kidnaps the prince, uh, a like English princess and puts this video on YouTube of her reading this dialogue where she's saying like, okay, you have to, uh, unless you do everything I'm about to say by four o'clock this afternoon, I will be executed. And then she explains that she wants the prime minister of England to go on television and every major network and have sex with a pig. Uh, and then the whole episode is, whether or not he can get out of it and him trying to get out of it. And I, I guess it's supposed to be like, you know, oh man, like what would you do? And then like maybe a little bit condemning of the people who 
end up watching, right? Because some people are like, well, if he does it like to save her, I won't watch it. And then a lot of people watch it anyway. Um, but honestly, by the time it was over, I was like, you guys kind of missed the point of Twilight Zone. Like, Twilight Zone wasn't just, hey, here's some weird, like, what if this? Like, ooh, Yo, how this weird. this guy one of us. He's a lousy pig fucker. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Twilight Zone would always end or would usually end with either a realization, like some kind of moral that it was giving you, or this moment when you were like, oh, man, like, what would you do? Or, like, how tough would that be to be in that situation? Like, the great, the great, great episodes that people remember, like Kick the Can, or mm-hmm. the episode where the d- dude is on the boat and he's a Nazi, or um, Button Button, are either episodes where you... you or the Gremlin. Or the Gremlin. Well, uh, yeah. Um, are either episodes where the the people really learn something or or the the episode is really trying to tell you something mm-hmm. or where at the end you you there's this moment of realization where like the person is getting punished for something right like those are the ones that people really love and this one was not that like the realization at the end where they they sort of reveal why this person did this and and you know what the outcome from this uh, from this whole ordeal was it's just kind of hollow it's like okay yeah like that would suck. Like, I remember hearing about this show, and I didn't think it was real. Yeah. Um, so anyway, even I had another hour to kill, so I was like, fine, like I'll watch another episode. Uh, so the second episode is about um, takes place in this world where basically everyone in the world is sitting on a like their job from when they wake up to when they go to bed is to get on a uh, like exercise bike. And pedal the pedal the wheels, and they are basically creating all the electricity for for civilization. Um, at the same time, they are always constantly watching television, and the television produced for them, they are allowed to become a part of. So basically, like the big one is this sort of American Idol esque show that if they pedal enough, they get enough points that they can go on American Idol and theoretically get a job being a celebrity and never have to pedal again. Um, but at the same time, like there's a, there's all these other channels. There's, there's like porn that keeps coming up and there's like these other games you can play. There's a, there's a channel where you're, you're just watching games where they like pick on fat people because fat people in this world are janitors and stuff like that because they can't pedal. So they're not worth anything. Um, and it's trying to make this statement about consumerism and it's trying to like really condemn the way that we look at television and celebrity and all of this other stuff and the way that we spend our money. But it, it kind of just ends up feeling a little bit hollow, like very full of itself. Um, still kind of interesting. I'm probably going to keep watching one every now and then because I've heard such great things about it that I'm, I'm expecting an episode to come up where I'm like, oh, this is the reason I'm watching it. Um, but it's still... There's some really in this second episode. There's some really great little like cool little moments. Things where this guy comes up with cool ideas of how to escape and and what he can do to break down this sort of the this sort of status quo. Um, but it it didn't leave me feeling like oh man that was a cool character or that was a neat story. It wasn't anything that stuck with me. It felt very trite to be completely honest. Um, so I, I don't know that I would like recommend it to anyone. Like I'm certainly not going to go tell my parents would kill for a good, you know, twilight zone show. This is not it at all. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, um, one of my favorite things from like the tells from the crypts on HBO is 
all of them had like a lesson. Like, yeah. You know, even though it's over the top and like be campy, it's you learned a lesson at the end, you know, like you don't dig up somebody's dead body because they'll come back and get you. Right. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. I mean, it just feels the first one seemed pointless and the second one seemed so heavy handed mm. that it was also not very effective. Um, it's a problem that I tend to have with British television is that they, they tend to be very heavy handed with things and pretentious. Um, yeah, they, uh, yeah, they I, can I, be. They do. Um, well, not necessarily at the same time. No, I agree. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why I always have a problem with a lot of it. I mean, if you find a good show on BBC, it's good. Yeah. But a lot of it, you have to wade through the, yes, we're yeah. British and they, they're smug about it. Yeah, there's some garbage in there. Smug fuckers. Um, yeah, like for example, Orphan Black's not very good. Sorry, guys, that show's not great. You know, it's so popular though. I know, it's too bad. So was Battlestar Galactica in the last two seasons. Garbage. Anyway, um, and the very last thing that I watched this week was uh, I'd never seen Wet Hot American Summer, hmm. um, and so I checked that out because it's on Netflix. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know why this triggered. It's sort of come up recently where I was like. I should check that out because I'd like seen little bits and they've been talking about doing the sequel and I was like, okay, I should see this movie. Uh, I love this movie. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's really silly. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't live there all the time. Like it starts off and it's like a camp movie and there's some funny bits. Um, and you expect like it's going to just be a normal comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let me take a step back. So Wet Hot American Summer is a group of kids in their last day at camp. Um, and it's uh they all have all these little stories going on um half of them want to have sex with someone and the other half are just funny little wacky stories um it's uh it's got like so the the moment that i knew like okay i'm in this is going to be really fun is as soon as paul rudd shows up and he's making out with his girlfriend and it's like this awkward like very serious super way too much tongue make out and it just goes on for a while and i was like uh, that's when i first started laughing i was like oh okay i get what you're starting to do um the uh what was weird is about a third of the way in is when they just start getting weird with it um and that's when they start drawing attention to the fact that it's supposed to be the whole last the last day right and they keep giving you timestamps, and about a third of the way in is when they start pointing out the fact that like they'll timestamp something and then a bunch of stuff will, that will will happen that presumably took hours and then it'll be like 30 minutes later um and then later on like they'll do montages and only four minutes will pass um you've got uh michael ian black and bradley cooper end up having like this oddly serious sex scene uh and then getting married out in the woods um and like it's sort of sending up all of the stories that you've seen in other like camp films where it's like, Oh, we got to get so-and-so laid or, you know, we have to teach this teacher to reconcile the fact that she's getting divorced. Um, if we don't win this, they're going to sell the camp. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those stories. Um, yeah, well it's, it's the humor is there because it's written by Michael Showalter and, those guys and they're really really weird you yeah know, michael ian black has a weird sense of humor and yeah uh, so does michael showalter and oh yeah there's a scene <laughs> so they do the, they do the moment where uh the the um 
the main camp counselor is going to go into town because she wants to find a book about astrophysics so that she can talk to this guy she's falling in love with who's an astrophysicist. And everybody jumps into the, everybody gets excited and they're like, oh, she's going to town. And they jump in the back of the truck and they're like, oh, they're going to go to town. And they get there and they're like having fun. And there's like this montage of them like hanging out in the library and do, you know, the kind of stuff you would see in like a John Hughes film at first. And then it's like them running down the street and kicking old ladies and it starts to escalate. And then they start robbing people and then they start like breaking shit. And then they start doing drugs. They run around a corner and they like find this guy who's got a bunch of cocaine and they just bury their nose in his bag of cocaine and run away. And then all of a sudden there's a shot of like all of them in like this horrible crack den and they're all drugged out. And then they're all of a sudden back in the truck and they're getting, you know, pulling back into camp and everybody's like, oh, that was so much fun. And that's, I think, the first time that then, like, the timestamp switches and it's been like an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, in an hour and a half they went to town and did all that crazy montage shit? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked it. A lot of the times that uh, they're, those guys' humor isn't necessarily my thing, but here it, like, it feels very mm -hmm. much on point. Um, and by the end, it's super wacky. Like, by the end, every line of dialogue, everything that people are doing just seems bizarre and outlandish. Um, but it's kind of earned its way there. Yeah. You know? It's one of those movies that takes a little bit to get going. Yeah. And then once it does, it's pretty, pretty funny. But even early on, I think, like, there's... Even if it hadn't gotten weird, I think that the, the regular humor there is really genuine and good. Like, mm -hmm. the... the <laughs> um, there's just these weird little lines, like, when... Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, he runs into the girl and she's walking away and he's like trying to pretend that he doesn't, that he's not really in love with her. And then he just like blurts out really loud, like, I want you inside me. And then she turns around and she's like, wait, what did you just say? And he's just, I, I, I don't know. And then uh, Paul Rudd is making out with Elizabeth Banks and there's just kids drowning because he's the, he's the Coast Guard and there's just kids drowning and calling for him in the background and like nobody cares. Um even so, even that kind of stuff in early on, I think is funny enough that it you know, you'll you'll get by until it gets really weird. Um, but yeah, I I totally recommend it. I had a, a really good time. I'm I'm probably gonna end up like picking it up because I thought it was really fun. So, Brad, what did you watch? Um, it figures as soon as I was about to talk about something that he'd be interested in, he's off to put the well, baby we can, away. We can wait. Um. Or start with something else. And yeah, I'll uh, end, end with the thing that so shows. Me. I finally finished Daredevil. Oh, um, dude! And that dude, the fighting in that's amazing. Yeah, stunt choreography and whatnot. Um, the only thing is that one episode where Foggy finds out that he's, you know, his friend's Daredevil. Yeah, is so repetitive and like, really. Yeah, you mean inside the episode it's repetitive. Inside the episode. Oh, okay. It just, it just keeps cutting back to that scene and Foggy's saying, hmm. you know how how could you do this? You know, you lied to me or you kept things from me. Blah, blah. It just goes on and on. I'm like, oh, move on, dude. Get over it. Foggy. And then, um, towards the end with the Kingpin and daredevil, they just keep reinforcing the fact that like, I'm trying to save the city my way. And yeah, it's not great, but, um, this is my ideology and it's going to work. And then daredevil, you know, has the opposite way of how they should save the city. And it just, there's a lot of repetitiveness in the story, I feel, hmm. towards the end, but it's kind of negated by all the amazing stunt choreography. Yeah. Um, Man, I love that show. Ugh. I don't know. I, th I think... Uh, did you watch it, like, all straight through? 
No, I watched like the first. What's going on, Kellen? You're all right. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed that Brad didn't like Daredevil either. He basically said he hated it. It's really horrible. I know. I know. It's okay. Yeah, I'm sure he'll like the second season. Yeah, you're right. I <laughs> know. He just, he looks, he really did. He looked straight at you and then just got really sad face. Like, what? Oh. oh. All right, Brad, go ahead. Why'd you hate Daredevil? Why did I hate Daredevil? I don't hate Daredevil. I said it's awesome. Stunt car, he's great. It's just those two little things felt like they just kind of dragged it out. So <laughs> the other thing I finished was the blacklist, which I'm digging, even though it oh, still yeah. has some dumb, dumb, goofy parts. Sure, but, um, I gotta watch that. Yeah. Uh, the overarching mystery is amazing, and James Spader is great. Cool. That's cool um, because I haven't been down with network TV in so long. I know, yeah. me either. Especially since they canceled Hannibal. Exactly. NBC has one good thing left, and it's the the black the, the blacklist. Um, uh, what was the other show? Oh yeah. Then I also watched Halt and Catch Fire, which I'm digging a lot. Oh, so. cool. Very cool. I love how they portray that era, and obviously there's a lot of like nerd tech going on that. I'm sure a lot of the people don't understand, but we do. <laughs> uh, have, so you, have you finished the first season yet? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Okay. Um, I think it's really interesting that that show, uh, It, I, I think what it's trying to be is it's trying to capture the atmosphere of that time rather than tell necessarily a... Historical thing, yeah. Well, certainly not historical, but like... I don't know that every, anything is necessarily going to come of what those people are doing. I think that they are always going to be in the midst of great things happening yeah um because what happens at the end of that first season you're like oh we are going to have to start over to some degree aren't we yeah and i actually started rewatching it oh yeah because i was so into it and it's funny um like at the end joe goes off um and he's trying to become this the artsy steve jobs right uh because he's tired of people telling him that he doesn't have ideas right so he's like okay i, I have to be a genuine creative then you go back and watch the first episode and everyone's dynamic is switched. Um, and like, as you watch the show, you don't really see them change that harshly. But um, yeah. if you go back and watch it, it's like um, uh, Gordon is so meek and um, a pushover. And by the end, he's pretty much in control and running the show. And it's just you, the gra- change is so gradual. And it's yeah. impressive that those actors, you wonder if they, shot it all at once and understood where their arcs were going or was it from episode to episode like just being actors and adapting to their character growing it's, it's just really impressive yeah i like that show um yeah it's good stuff and i can't wait to see what they do with season two because yeah with mutiny I, I was reading a little bit because i i can't wait like i know it's running right now on amc but yeah i'm not gonna get to watch it on amc i'm gonna have to wait till netflix a year from now so. yeah and also um do you know about the Cardiff Giant? No. The real Cardiff Giant? No. It's uh I think it's a metaphor in the show. It's actually it's based on this hoax. Okay. Created by um I think in the 1800s. It's uh someone it's it was they tried to make an attraction so they they built oh, this the sto- thing called the, the Cardiff Giant. The story that Gordon tells. Did he tell that story? Yeah, he tells that story to the kids. That's a real story is what you're saying? Yeah, like Remember Some guy you... hired a bunch of people to sculpt this giant out of like gypsum or something. Yeah. And so they'd sell tickets like, hey, come see the card of giants, a petrified man. 
that's eight feet tall. Um, and then someone called him out on it and it, you know, it was a hoax. And then PT Barnum oh. tried to steal that idea. And so he created his own Cardiff giant and then, uh, they went to court over it and it was, there's something about like, he couldn't get convicted because, um, there's nothing wrong with calling a fake a fake. I, I, I couldn't understand this, the yeah. Wikipedia that well, but. No, yeah, that's the it's the story he tells the kids right before he goes crazy. Is that the story? Yeah, that's I the story. I guess I wasn't he paying tells, attention that cause then, hard. Because then, yeah, when he goes, when he's digging the hole in the backyard, and she comes home, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing, Gordon?" And he's like, "I'm trying to find the giant." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I just thought it was interesting. If I hadn't known that, it's a metaphor know. for the hoax of the machine itself. But yeah, like, that's why they why that's why the company's called Cardiff Technology. Yeah. Interesting. And he calls that's it the giant. Really yeah. Cool. Oh man, yeah, layers upon layers. Neat. Um, so those shows are great. Um, I finally watched your next. Nice. Good for you. Uh, Oh, which the girl who turns the tables on everybody is a fantastic idea and it's executed well. Everyone else I didn't really give a shit about. No, that's why they die. And they're like not great characters. And, um, the twist with the kid Mm-hmm. Isn't that shocking? Um, and it goes from zero to 180 like super fast. Yep. Uh, which is a bit jarring for a slasher movie. Like you're used to a slow buildup. Right out of the gate, half the <laughs> cast gets knocked off. And, yeah. Oh, shit. Um, so. I mean, that's why I pr- appreciate uh, horror films like that is because they it, it's like they take chances. You mm-hmm. know, it's not your conventional slasher film. It's not your conventional home invasion film. They take what you know and they kind of turn it. Yeah. Off. Before you have a chance to get to know any of the characters, they just go right into knocking them off, killing them off. Yep. Um, so uh, other than like the girl who has all the survival skills and is able to take them out right away, um, that's like the only part I enjoyed. Um, yeah. Cool. And they did get me with the axe in the door. I was yeah. expecting certain people to get it and yeah. <laughs> So, and then I've rewatched The Running Man. <laughs> nice. Uh, just as a quick aside, and he says, I'll be back in that movie. He does. Yeah. And I forgot to check the date. Is that before The Terminator? No, it's after. Yeah. It's after? So, in two movies, he says that iconic line. Yeah. Well, it's, two. Well, says, three. He says it in like three. 17 movies. Remember, that's, remember Last Action Hero, he says, I'll be back. Ha. You didn't know I was going to say that. You always say that. <laughs> um, but my favorite bit in The Running Man is when they're running through the wasteland. And she says, oh, man, we could be in Hawaii right now. Yeah, I have the perfect shirt picked out, and you fucked that up. <laughs> oh, that movie, like all of his dialogue is just one-liners. Yep. It's definitely not one of the... I don't think his character says anything about the plot. Like, things happen, and he just reacts to them. It's definitely not one of his best movies, but it's still a fun movie. Okay. Um, is that it? I think that's it. Cool. So yeah, it's it's cheesy, eighties, Schwarzenegger classic Schwarzenegger. Yep. He has yeah, literally. I think all of his dialogue is one-liners, and has the has a lady from Predator too. Yeah. So there's a Predator thread there. Hmm. Yeah, she, he uh tries to kidnap her, and then she rats him out, and it turns yep. out that then he has to save her. Save her, yeah. And then he makes out with her at the end. Yep. Even though they never really went through much to nope. earn that. <laughs> they did not. It's like the producer just said, 
well, the hero has to kiss the girl at the end. It does feel like that. And it yeah. feels like they were like slapped together because she's attractive and, you know, he's the yeah. hero. And that's what you do in these movies. Like, okay, man. Yeah. Whatever you want. It's a fun movie. So, yeah. That's it. Cool. Man, it's a big news day, right? It's a man. huge news week. Yeah. Movie a news. Lot of stuff. It's real news. It's like there's some kind of convention going on or something. <laughs> there is. Uh, I'm going to bounce through a couple of quick things really quick. Uh, Omar Sharif died this week at the ripe old age of 83. Um, but that got me watching like old clips of Lawrence of Arabia. Arabia. Man, that movie's really good. Dr. Zhivago. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. You know what I, I first knew him from? is He used to do this show on History Channel where he'd go to ancient Egypt. Uh, he'd go to Egypt. Oh, yeah. and then, I, I forget what it's called. Secrets of <sighs> Egypt or something. Man. And that's why I said, oh, Omar Sharif, he's, it sounds familiar. Then I knew he was, you know, a really famous actor. I first learned about Omar Sharif because he used to have, like, if you went into Walmart and there was the, like, PC games aisle, mm-hmm. right? On the top, there'd be, like, these really cheap PC games that were always in, like, a just a jewel case, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And there was one, there was, there was a, I think, a series of games that had Omar Sharif on them that were, like, they weren't chess, but they were games like that. They were, like, board yeah. games. Um, and it was like, in, in fact, actually, it may have, one of them may have been like Master Chess with Omar Sharif. <laughs> um, and I didn't know who he was at the time. He didn't like, realize he's like a really famous actor. No, and I remember like my mom picking up and being like, why is Omar Sharif on? Like, oh, oh, you know, it's Omar. And I was like, I don't know who Omar Sharif is. Yeah. Like, I'm eight, mom. That's how I talked to her when I was eight. <laughs> totally. I did a lot of that. I was like, I don't know who these people are. I haven't seen Lawrence of Arabia, mom. I'm eight. Um, anyway. Uh, Batman's gonna be in a Ninja Turtles book. Yeah, Brad, that's weird. <laughs> Although, um, I'm guessing that the Foot Clan teams up with, Le- with the League of Shadows. Yeah, and that's why they have That'd to be fight sweet. each other. Foot Shadows. You need Batman's help. League of, League of Feet. Yeah. <laughs> Foot Locker. Chris Dolan has finished whatever the script is for his next movie, so he's going to keep working. That's good. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little Batman, a little Batman Superman. While we're at it, oh yeah, the big trailer today. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I I will admit, I I am interested. That shot of of Bruce Wayne running into the smoke, I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, um, I love that they recreated that scene from, from a different from, angle. Yeah, from Man of Steel in a different angle. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does. And, this makes it, it very clear that the whole movie is them fighting, right? Like, there's nothing else happening. Yeah, except I don't know, there, It not, seems like there's a lot of layers to this movie. Superman well, knocks down Bruce Wayne's building. Bruce Wayne has to sue, so takes him to court. Oh, dude! Senate court. Nice. Am I reading this trailer right? I hope that <laughs> I, the whole movie is Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yep. Only with Bruce Wayne and Kal El. Oh, Superman is like, I don't have any money. And so Bruce Wayne's like, that's not an excuse. And then they fight. I oh, know. I do love Diane Lane's take little it out scene she had, too, where she says, you don't owe these people anything. Yep. Yeah, that was good. That's awesome. That was good. Um, yeah, I've, I'm more interested. Wonder Woman just seems shoved in there. Yeah. Just I was telling Ryan, wedged. like, if they just wedged her in there, why didn't they show us any Aquaman? What's he up to? Because uh, it's Aquaman. <laughs> that That's how you, you want to get mainstream audiences to not want to go see your movie? Put Aquaman in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, because even if they can make him cool, most people have a stigma that Aquaman is dumb. Yeah, I mean, there's but uh, there's some moments in the trailer I really like. I like uh, when Batman's jumping on Superman and he's like blowing him through like that roof and stuff. And and then I think the trailer ends with 
Superman ripping the Batmobile in half, or like the ripping the doors off, ripping the doors off, and then Batman stands cool. up. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty. And then sweet. the the Robin costume with the Joker yeah. riding on it. And why do they just call it Batman Superman? Why is there a V in it? That's the only thing that still bothers why me. Why does it say movie. Dawn of Justice? Uh, which because are they even so Rise of League is the we, sequel. <laughs> <laughs> we we also found out that um, Ben Affleck is going to make a standalone Batman movie this week uh, yeah. with Jeff Johns writing it, which is cool. If they're smart, they will like let Jeff Johns run this thing and stop interfering, and maybe mm-hmm. they can make some good movies, um, or at least they'll have a chance. Like because Green Lantern feels like. They, like Jeff Johns had his hands on it for a second, and then they like producers from WB came in and just fucked everything up. Yeah. So hopefully they will not do. I mean, I'm not even sure that Jeff Johns can make a really amazing Marvel universe like Kevin Feige has, but like I would like to give him a chance. Well, that's the thing is they. I mean, they also announced Green Lantern Corps. Right. Which, I mean, if they, I mean, if they make a movie where dudes fly around space fighting monsters, I like that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds like a cool movie. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, sort of fighting a fart cloud. Yeah. Yes, yeah, please don't fart. Because they can, I mean, they can have the Sinestro core as well. So you can have just good, yeah. good core, bad core, and they yeah. can just fight. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even know. I, I think in a, now that we've seen Guardians of the Galaxy or, and Thor, like, I think you can make a movie where, like, the main character maybe is not from Earth and maybe you don't even go to Earth. Like, yeah. and the thing too is the only thing that always scares me about these, DC movies, it feels like they haven't earned the universe that they're building. Right. You know, where Iron Man was never meant to be anything else. And then they just kind of tacked on that scene with Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And then they built from there. Yeah. Because um, originally, I think Feige wanted to do Ant-Man, Hulk, and Iron Man. Yeah. And then he ended up doing just Iron Man. And then they said, oh, we're shooting the Incredible Hulk. You know, hey, Robert, you want to come, Danny Jr., you want to come and do a scene and he's hey, like, hey bob yeah <laughs> and they say like, yeah sure and i mean that's literally how he got in the incredible hole because they asked if he would yeah. come down and do it yeah and I, I think it was all on accident and a lot of times now they're trying to build these universes where it doesn't seem that they're trying instead of make worrying about how to make a good movie they're worrying about how to build the universe yeah and so i just the new trailer for batman superman Gave me faith that they're making this a cool movie. Yeah, you know, and they're and, striking a different tone from the Marvel universe, which I think is good. Yeah, so well, it doesn't look like they're just copying them. Yeah, I mean, uh, one <laughs> Andrew from Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics, he said the funniest thing today. He said, um, "I think people want to." He says, "I think people pretend to like DC, but no one really likes DC." <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they want do. Yeah, it's but they, uh, they can't quite pull it off. He, he's definitely not a fan of DC. It, it's interesting because, like, I think from watching that trailer and then also watching then the Suicide Squad trailer that leaked, um, and then imagining like, if if the universe are set, the, if the way they're going to set up the, some of this universe is you put it on Batman's back and you go, okay, we got this, we got Batman versus Superman, then you've got a Suicide Squad movie where he shows up a little bit, and you introduce the Joker, and the Joker is a fucking madman, and then. You do a Batman standalone movie that is basically the Red Hood, where you have Jared Leto kill Robin, um, and then like Ben Affleck has to deal with it or whatever. Um, that seems solid enough. That if you then have other these other characters shooting off of that series, and you've got 
uh, I don't know. You you got to have somebody else show up in Suicide Squad or show up in that Batman movie. You have a Wonder Woman movie spinoff that hopefully is good. Like there is there is some possibility here there that is, can make this you know work. because you ha- you have to find the character that everyone relates to. You know, and I think even though Batman's a billionaire, I think people relate to being hurt and having their lives turned upside down and wanting to do something about it. Yeah. So you have to have that relatability. Uh, I would, uh, the only thing I didn't like about the trailer is they showed fucking Batman's origin again. Yeah. And I'm yeah. tired of that. Yeah. They, it's they, just like the Spider-Man thing. You don't need to show it. We know right. Batman's story. So the comedian's story. his dad? I think it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, it's is Thomas it really? Wayne. Yeah. yeah. That means they actually cast him. So it's actually, he's actually going to have dialogue. Like that, if that's in the movie, it should be like he gets hit in the head really hard and has a flashback where he just sees Crime Alley and then he flashes forward. Like, don't... I think when Superman rips the doors off the Batmobile and Batman's standing there, Superman just turns to him and says, "Like, why are you like this?" And then Batman goes into oh. a flashback describing <laughs> when I was young, my parents were murdered. I, I, <laughs> I will scream. I will scream at so, the screen. Yeah, that was the only thing when I saw. Well, the we should team I up. Said, really, we have to see. Batman's Even, origin again. Because yeah. I, ju- I just finished uh, I be- finished Batman Arkham Knight this week. Did um, you? I'm jealous. Yeah. And that game, that, like, you, there is a moment where you're in Crime Alley. Um, Batman's been exposed to some some fear toxin. And so there's, like, a trippy part where you end up in Crime Alley for a moment. But even they don't walk, like, they don't spend any time. It's just like, hey, you're in Crime Alley. And then you're not in Crime Alley anymore. Like, it's just a flash. Um, you, we all know. It's not even that interesting at this point. Like, it's not a cool story, and it's not... It is less... I had this moment in the trailer when you see that shot of Ben Affleck, and he's got, like, a kid in his arms, and all this shit is broken down. And that's a moment where, like, that's his motivation. Like, I know what he's going to do, and I know why he's going to do it, and what his motivation for for fighting Superman is. There is nothing motivating left about Crime Alley. Like, when you see that shot, there's not a scene... Even in Batman, uh, Batman Begins, like... That section is nowhere near as powerful as the um, as the well section, like mm-hmm. that quick shot of him falling in the well, and you know what do you do when you fall? Like that part is so much better and, and is has a bigger impact on that trilogy than I think you know his parents dying does. There's there's just not a lot of emotion left in it. Like don't go to that. Mm-hmm. Like Actually, write something. Now you mentioned like him hugging that kid. If during that sequence, it's like those two shots. Or just quick flashes. Oh, I can see it working. That would be fine. Yeah. But, it, but if you cast Jeffrey Dean Morgan, like, why, why cast a real actor? True. Yeah. You know? Like, he's going to have dialogue. Otherwise, you just get a dude. You get the brawny man. Or maybe you're just doing him a favor. Unless, or, well, unless you also unless think... buddies from Watchmen. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. He's just like, hey, you know, I have this part. part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if I was an actor, you you get the SAG minimum for sure. sure. Being there for a day. But, but you could also... You, you're right. Usually when you, they do that, it's because they have dialogue. Or you could cast him because you're going to use him again. Mm, like, true. if you're thinking like, oh, well, we're going to do... We want to be able to use him in the next movie. Like, you know. We'll see. But... But usually, if you had something like that, you cast a dude who looks pretty generic, and then you recast him when you really have a, a purpose for it. That's what every other movie does. Like, yeah. I don't know. No. They're going to fuck it up. They're going to put that character. No. There's going to be 15 minutes of, where did Batman come from? Yeah. Even I agree. You don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Even. No full sequence. Just two shots. Um, but speaking of characters who have been overcast over the years, uh, Marissa Tomei is going to play Aunt May. I know. Weird, huh? <laughs> 
I don't think it's a bad choice. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, I guess in the Ultimate Universe, Aunt May's a little younger, and she's a little yeah. more. Well, yeah, if, if he's in if he's in college, like it makes sense. He's um, in high school. Actually, or hi- high school. Sorry. Uh, me and do you want to hear the cool Spider Man movie that me and Andrew thought of at the comic store this week? Sure. So you know, Spider Man is in Civil War, right? And he meets Tony Stark. Blah blah blah. And because so Andrew asked me, he said, so who do you want to see as a villain in Spider Man? He says, I know you said Mysterio, but he said, you do think they're going to use Mysterio? Probably not. So I thought the Spider Slayers would be cool. Yeah. And here's the thing. So you could have in Spider-Man that the Spider Slayers show up and they kick Spider-Man's ass. He's all beat up. And then he goes sees Tony Stark. And Tony Stark is in the Iron Spider costume. And then he goes and fights him in Iron Spider. And So Tony Stark is the bad guy? Uh, no, Tony Stark helps him. But, oh, but J. Oh, Jones gotcha. Jameson hires Spencer Smythe. And he can't beat the Spider Slayers first, so he seeks the help of Tony Stark. Then Tony Stark gives him the Iron Spider costume, and he's able to fight him. That'd be awesome. I was thinking you, what you were going to say is that like that Spider-Man's cameo in Civil War is only paying lip service to the fact that the first Spider-Man movie takes complete, like completely takes place during the Civil War period, <laughs> and that because Spider-Man is against Robert Downey Jr., on that one, that Iron Man decides he's going to create a bunch of Spider Slayers <laughs> to fight Spider-Man, and that the Spider-Man movie is Iron Man fighting Spider-Man. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. But, and, then, but then how do you end it? Yeah, Andrew also thought Morbius would be a cool villain. He could kill Iron Man at the end? Like, Spider-Man could accidentally kill Iron Man, and that's how Robert Downey Jr. gets written out. <laughs> since he's going to retire eventually. I, dude, I would. You see, he made $80 million for Avengers and Civil War. Fuck yeah, that. eventually he's going to be like an 80 year old man, like, I'm, I'm uh, Tony Stark. I think Stan Lee's still in all the movies. I think, I that's think, true. I think that's true. Robert can still pull it off. <laughs> he has at least five or six years left. Yeah. Um, and saving the best for last, unless there's anything that people are going to tell me that I've missed, uh, we got a trailer for Ash vs. the Evil Dead. Oh my gosh. This is pretty awesome. Dude, the trailer is amazing. It, yeah. It's the tone of Army of Darkness mixed with the tone of Evil Dead 2. I wonder what it sounds like. My uncle is a shaman. When I was a kid, he would say, evil is always waiting in the shadows. And only one man would rise to stand against it. something I've never told anyone. 30 years ago, my friends and I spent the night at a cabin. We found the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Book of the Dead. Certain passages were recited. It awoke something in the woods. Something evil. was the only one to escape but now the evil has found me first thing i gotta do is see a guy about a book there must be some spell i can say to undo all this the other first thing i gotta do is some cardio because my heart is jackhammering like a quarterback on prom night here's the plan we bust in there 
fight through the carnage. Let the boomstick do the talking. Things get hairy, use your bottle. Um, I don't think it's a very good weapon, Hefe. You had to stab like 50 times. I was sharpening it for you. Now, come on. You ready? I'm ready. Counselor, but if it's any consolation, you're kind of like a young me. That ice ruined your life, and you're hot as hell. You know they were Jewish, right? I I did not. Wish it could have said something before I made those dumb crosses, but okay. It sounds like that. <laughs> My favorite shot in the whole trailer is there's a part where this deadite like busts through his trailer door. And he like hits the switch and his shotgun flies up. Yeah. And he shoots him and then he spins him around and blows his head away. And I'm like, oh, that's Sam Raimi right yeah. there. It's really kinetic. Uh it yeah, I, it looks really cool. The 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 effects are are all the like mid nineties mm-hmm. visual effects that you want. Like it knows what it wants to be. Um, um And the humor's really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know those guys were Jewish, right? <laughs> well, you could have told no, I did not me know that. <laughs> before I made these dumb crosses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. great. I mean, it's everything I want it to be. And when I'm watching it, it's because I'm such a fan. It is the most surreal thing I'm ever watching, you know, happening. Yeah. Where they're making a TV series on stars that's 30 minute, 10, 30 minute episodes. I... There was there was a, some moments when we were starting to see stills where I was like, oh man, this looks kind of campy, like, uh, or not, it looks kind of schlocky. I was like, ah, oh, this might not be good. Like this might this might be my name is Bruce bad. Like <laughs> my name is Bruce is funny. Uh, and then the trailer came out and I was like, oh, the reason it looked like that is because it it's really good. Like it's it's campy in all the right ways. And so if mm. you just get a still image, you're not getting any of that cool kinetic awesome motion yeah because there's the, also the that show. uh funny bit where they're in the car he's like you run in there with your bottle yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Says, well, this, this is, is a very you, good weapon you had to stab him like 10 times i was sharpening it for you <laughs> and it cuts to him using it it's <laughs> yeah. like blood's pouring in his face <laughs> yeah it's, oh, it's great man. yeah yes. although the the grocery store that they're at is value mart and not yeah, S-Mart. I know. That, you know i yeah. know it's that too maybe you know it's been S-Mart 30 years down, maybe yeah. he got well, it could have closed so down because you remember out. at the end of Army of Darkness, he it gets killed, invaded by witches. <laughs> yeah, he killed that deadite in it. <laughs> yeah, because obviously they must be using that version because the real version is he wakes up in the future. That's right. the original ending, so they must be using the theatrical ending. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah, no, I, I don't care. I think the theatrical ending is really funny. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, I was stoked. I'm like, oh, it's so amazing. Yeah, it looks really good. Don't forget to put the Batman trailer. Yeah, in there. Yeah. 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 Good times. Uh, uh, let's do some Blu-rays. Cool. DVD releases and Blu-rays. This is an amazing week for Blu-rays. Is it? It's super gross how much money. Oh, I'm gonna that's spend this right. Week. I have. 
I think I have Ex Machina coming out. You do have Ex Machina, I'm sure. Uh, that's coming out on Blu-ray this week. That was a good one. Um, you should probably also have X-Men Days of Future Past the Rogue Cut coming out this week. Yeah, I didn't uh, pre-order it. I'm kind of waiting for Blu-ray.com to review it. Oh, yeah? I don't... I didn't buy Days of Future Past, and this was sort of why. I did, um, because I'm, I I bought Days of Future Past, and I said, oh, man, but I like the theatrical version. I and then too. I realized that the Rogue Cut has both versions on it. Yeah, it comes with the theatrical and the uncut version. Mm-hmm. Um so, so yeah, I mean, I'll probably get it. Who am I kidding? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I really want to see that. Um, it follows also comes oh, out. Yeah, I got it, that pre-ordered, which is probably a move. I might even buy this. You should. Uh yeah, because uh, I I'm kind of itching to see it again, even though it's kind of creepy and weird. And hey, Brad, and you're next. Did that song get stuck in your head that <laughs> they played all the time? Remember, it's playing at that one dude's house that were the people that were murdered at the beginning. When he was fucking that hot chick. Was it a famous song? No, it's just like this song that's really catchy. Uh, apparently it wasn't catchy to me because no, I don't remember Not catchy to Brad. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Was it like, real human beings? <laughs> kind of like that, but no? not at all. All right. Uh, the second best exa- exotic Marigold Hotel comes out on Blu-ray nice. this week. Your parents will love that. I'm going to check that out. I, I really like the first one, so I'm excited for the second one. Speaking of your parents, what do they think of Terminator Genesis? Uh, they liked it. Yeah. They liked it. I haven't spent a lot of time talking about it. Like I didn't spend as much time talking about it with my, with them as I did like talking about Nux with my mom after Mad Max. Um, but yeah, I mean they had a, they had a good time, you know. Um, uh, speaking of sequels, though, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop Two is coming out on DVD. Did this you know week, that made ninety Blu-ray. million dollars. Just I'm sure it did. You know. Like that fucking people <laughs> go see that garbage. I I don't get it. Maybe it's great. I don't know. But I doubt it. Uh, the Longest Ride, starring that girl from Tomorrowland, is coming yeah. out this week. The only thing I know about that, that was part of um, Alamo's Nicholas Sparks yeah. marathon thing. Um, season 5 of Adventure Time. So if you're one of those Adventure Time fans. Uh, the first season of Powers is getting a Blu-ray release this week, which is too bad because it is not any good. Um, that's t- According to James. Dude. Fine, you go watch it, man. <laughs> I'm not going to. That I is a... some thrown together garbage. You told me it was bad. I have it for free because I have PlayStation Plus, and I'm not watching it. It's straight up embarrassing. I like, uh, yeah. Ugh. I think the cover art's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Um, it's not bad. Uh, Criterion is releasing the Black Stallion on Blu-ray. Um, now we're getting into some some horror releases. So, uh, Howling Two is getting a Blu-ray release this week. That's not a very good one. Uh, I was going to say, this is not a... Um, it's Scream Factory. Is it? Oh, okay. But the cover t- looks like one, but... They take their... They take crappy movies, too. I mean, some people like it. There's a lot of naked chicks in it, so if you like naked chicks and crappy movies... The rocking, shocking, new wave of horror. Yeah, it's basically... the It's Your Sister's a Werewolf, I think is a subtitle. And it's a punk rock version of a werewolf movie. If I, I don't really remember oh. it, but... That's not great. No. Uh, on here, there's not really a subtitle. It just says, it's not over yet, which is never a good thing you want people to say about your movie. Oh, it's not over yet. Uh, there's a couple more. There's a lot of Scream Factory releases mm-hmm. this week. Uh, there's a double feature of The Outing and The Godsend, um, mm-hmm. which The Outing poster is kind of cool. It honestly just looks like four kids are in the woods having a great time. That's it's The Outing. Yeah, it's The Outing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's not... Um, uh, don't say see you later, say goodbye is the tagline. Nice. Uh, that's not bad. That's not is bad. Is Cellar Dweller this week? 
Oh, and then underneath underneath the the, uh, the actual title, it just says they're not coming back. Mm. <laughs> just just so you know, just those, so you those know. kids <laughs> aren't coming back. So then, sure enough, there's another um, double feature, and this one looks a lot cooler, which is uh, Cellar Dweller and Catacombs. I do have that one coming. When yeah. I was young, I loved Cellar Dweller. It's about a monster that lives in a, the cellar, and uh, John Carl Beekler is the director and the makeup effects guy, and he did Friday 13th Part 7. and So it's basically a monster in the cellar. It's cool. I have a lot of stuff coming out this so, week. All right, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that Cellar Dweller is one of my favorite covers. <laughs> right? Um, it's, is it the monster one? Like it's, like yeah, he's like... so it's a, it's a werewolf dude, and he's, he's chained to the wall. If you're listening, you got to go look this up. It's, pre- it's pretty great. So he's chained to the wall, um, and he's got this big, like, smiling grin of teeth, right? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll do this in, in order of most crazy stuff. So with one hand, he's like suspending this woman by the by the the rag like the the last bits of her shirt that is almost completely open so you can see her you know but not quite love it um she is laying on a bunch of books uh one of which is just titled art book uh and then she also (laughs) has some comics of cellar dweller like the the cellar dweller itself in a comic book is Mm. one of the things that she was reading right before she got attacked and her shirt ripped off see i i remember watching as a kid i don't remember anything about it except the monster in the cellar and then in the background and maybe this is in the movie i don't know in the background there's like a hallway with this or a room or something with a magical chest that's opening up and there's like magical smoke coming out of this (laughs) treasure chest i have no idea what the treasure chest's about like that's the most fascinating part uh, this, this is a cool, cool cover. It's uh, the movie that they were asked the most of to put on Blu-ray because Scream Factory releases a bunch of like '80s horror on DVD. Yeah, and Cellar Dweller and what's the other one with it? The Offering? Uh, no, Catacombs. Catacombs uh, was on like a eight pack. You know those like eight pack horror? Yeah, ten dollar horror movies. Uh, a lot of people asked for those too, and so what they did is they said, okay. Uh, they had a poll, and they said, which ones do you want to see on Blu-ray? And those are the ones they picked, and so that's the ones they're putting on Blu-ray. Yeah. Catacombs is okay. It's like a woman all tied up in, like, spider webs or something. Yeah, I don't even know what it's about. Like I said, um, I got it because first Cellar Dweller. Yeah. Uh, and the tagline there, well, yeah, the Cellar Dweller ones is the shape of nightmares to come, but cellar, uh, Catacombs is life after death after death after dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I've been in the catacombs. It smells weird down there. Gross. It smells like mildew and death. Anyway, moving on, uh, Mel Brooks' Life Stinks is getting a Blu-ray release this week, which looks like a box uh, version, so I don't know if you're a big fan of that. Um, Jeff Bridges and Tommy Lee Jones in Blown Away, which is not a movie I've ever seen or heard of. Do you remember Blown Away? Uh, uh, is it... I think... I remember the trailers. Yeah. Is it the one where Jeff Bridges is like the... Uh, is he like the bomb I, I've been sitting builder? here being like, is it Arlington Road oh, or yeah. Blown Away? <laughs> which has... Okay, I, I haven't seen that one. I've yeah, seen I only, Arlington Road. I only picked it up, or I only uh, oh, clicked on it because I really love this cover of Jeff Bridges just screaming, and, just angry, and Tommy Lee Jones very concerned. <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah. Like, what is going on? I think Tommy on? Lee Jones is like a bomb maker. Yeah, it's, and then okay, yeah. Jeff Bridges is probably I, I, like a yeah, cop. I vaguely remember Jeff Bridges the, yells at him. Stop making bombs. Stop blowing up my family. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yelling at him because I heard Tommy Lee Jones is a jerk on set. Oh, that's too bad. He doesn't uh, get things because he's crotchety. According to 
Joel Schumacher. So remember back in the day when every week there would be a shark movie. Yes, man. And you were supposed I, to review them. I miss that. Well, yeah, but there ended up there stopped being shark movies. That was part of the problem. But anyway, um, there's uh, uh, BBC's Earth is putting out Shark, which is just a nice. movie about sharks, just like a documentary. You know, I did so see, check that out. I did see a Blu-ray for you at Tradesmart the other day. Yeah, it's a four pack of shark movies. Oh man, is one of them two headed shark attack? Because I don't have my copy anymore. Uh, I think so. Actually, I think it's like two headed shark. It's all the ones that are on Sci-Fi. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, Two Headed Shark Attack, Sand Sharks. Um, I remember I was excited when Sand Sharks was on Netflix, and then I saw it, and I wasn't excited anymore. <laughs> Sand Sharks is really bad. Mm-hmm. Two Headed Shark Attack is fun. Are um, you going to add that James Woods show Shark to your shark list? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> the 13 episode, Most, mostly because of the shark. involvement of uh, Jerry Ryan. But anyway, yeah, she's pretty. That's uh, that's Blu-rays. Oh, this is how we predict the box office, guys. This is the box office stats. James won last week. I don't know how, because I don't know anything about how this game works. Um, you picked a number, and it was closer to the actual... Yeah. Toy Genesis so. made $44 million. It sucked, because on Sunday, they were, they were estimating it was closer to mine, so I got super yep. excited, and then the actual drop by $3 million. Yep. And then and it's more like James's. Yep. So James won the ter- Terminator Dreamcast. Um. <laughs> I won a Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I, never I have one in my closet. One one zero. Do you, do you so. really? I do. Oh man, I never had one. I remember going to a friend's house and being like, "This is cool," and then mm. never getting to play with it ever again. So yep, I just wanted Crazy Taxi. That's all I wanted. Um, like most of America, but uh, so, so this week they're predicting Minions to be the highest grossing. Animated feature ever in three days. Oh my god! Um, it did forty six million, yeah. forty five million, forty five, forty six on yesterday. a Friday. Um, so that usually means that it goes up by ten, fifteen percent on Saturday. That's funny because Brad and my theater was like, you know, maybe a third full. Ours wasn't. <laughs> wasn't full or was it was, it was, was full. Super full? Laura oh. yelled at some meth head behind us. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Good job. Don't don't place. take any shit from meth heads. That's the lesson of this week. Um, so right now, Hollywood is projecting it to do $124 million for its three days. Um, okay. James, what do you think Minions is going to do? Um, I'm going to say... Let's see. Uh, I'm going to say 20 bucks because I think everybody else is going to get a refund. <laughs> 20 bucks. Brad? Um... I'm trying to do the math in my head because that's a lot of money. 25 plus 50, 95 plus 35. I'll go with 125. Sweet. I'll go 127. Because <laughs> I think so it's, it's really just high low. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> so if it goes lower than that, Brad will win. If it goes higher, then I'll win. Yeah. Because I'm doing it that. So it's at 45. So I'm guessing either 55 to 56. Tonight, so that puts it at 110, basically. Yeah. And then another 15, 20 on Sunday. So oh, I, did I do my math wrong? I was thinking 45 yesterday, 50 tonight, 95. 35 for Sunday. So that'd be 120. You did I did math. my math right. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Cool. So we'll see. Monday, I'll tweet it out who uh, won. God. I got high hopes. <laughs> 
Oh no, I was shrugging at the uh, the fact that it's making that much money. <laughs> anyway, there are beautiful animated films that. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. So the Not that money uh, before the theater, I mean the theater before the review, we have comic books. What's up, nerds? It's the comics corner. I can do one. Sweet. It's one we've done before. Then let me do this one. Okay. Uh, because it's a really cool one. It deals with one of James's favorite author uh, artists, Fiona Ooh. Staples. Yeah. Uh, her and Mark Wade relaunched Archie. Oh yeah. And it's it's really cute. And it's really well drawn. Um, it doesn't break really any new ground. It kind of just modernizes the gang at Riverdale. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you definitely should pick it up. I don't know how to describe it other than it's about Archie in high school. And he it's about him and his friends. And they're kind of rebranding the whole Archie books. Is it, would you really call it like a reboot? Like, does it introduce the characters? Is it like, or is it just like, hey, here's... It doesn't because I think they. It's hard to introduce characters everybody knows so well. Even if you don't read the comics, I think everybody knows who Archie is, right? Nope. Or am I just wrong thinking that? I would tell you I don't know. I I couldn't tell you which one's Betty and which one's Veronica. Uh, Betty is the blonde. Okay. Veronica is the uh, the black haired one. And I can't name any other character in an Archie. Jughead, Moose. Oh yeah, that's right. And Jughead's the one with the hat, right? No, uh, the crown. Whatever. I'm guessing a comic book about almost 50s style characters that's still going to yeah it's a little outdated there must be some modern fans keeping it alive so. <laughs> well i'm sure I'm yeah sure. but it's what's cool is mark wade is a really famous art uh writer yeah and fiona staples is amazing yeah and so and they just sweetheart yeah so what they do is they just they're they're basically just updating it they're taking because Archie has also been drawn the same way since the fifties, right? So they're taking one of the best artists going today, Fiona Staples, and she kind of redesigned all the characters. Oh, cool! Uh, brought them up to whatever the tenth, twenty tens, and they're gonna rename it just Arch. Yeah, Arch. Ooh, yeah. Um, but it, it's a really fun book. It's really well written. Um, it's one of the uh the cutest books I've read in a long time. I mean, it's not heavy drama or anything like that. It's just Archie. Right. Um, and then also, if you want to read something different, make sure you pick up Archie versus Predator. I think they're on their <laughs> third one right now. It's pretty violent. Cool. The, yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely pick up Archie. Uh, if you, you want to just try an old classic that's been updated really well, uh, when I was at the comic store on Thursday, he had about six issues left. And there's a bunch of um, variants. But I got the Fiona Staples one because I liked her cover. Um, so, yeah, I would pick up Archie. Uh, Very cool. Just to try it. Cool. It's always fun. All right. All right. This week we went and saw Los Minions. Um, James, should people go see Minions? So I want to be clear that on Friday morning I was like, man, it would be so cool if this movie ended up being great and I could come on and be like, and defy everything that I've always said and every expectation and be like, no, I actually think that the Minions movie is good. It's, I was really bored. Uh, there's some funny, there, there are definitely some jokes in there that I laughed at and some parts where I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, or, and some ideas that I thought like, oh, this is, especially if you took the movie this direction, like that would be fun. But, um, like, God, no, like this movie's, <laughs> oh, God, it's hard to watch. Um, anyway, Brad, should people go see Minions? Should. Is it even the minions or is it just minions? It's, it's just, just minions. minions. Oh, okay. Um, 
I'm going to say no, you shouldn't go see it. It, it should have been a, a straight-to-DVD movie. Yeah. Uh, I felt a lot what James uh, felt. I was bored, and I was looking at my food most of the time. And there are some funny parts, some humorous gags, but overall, um, yeah, I was just not into it. I'm sorry. My food, my my food was good. Yeah. Food was good, yeah. Um, for the first 30 to 40 minutes of this movie, I was really into it. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cute. I'm having fun. Yeah. They're being pretty silly. Um, and then they introduced Scarlet Overkill. Yes. And I kind of lost interest. Um, I will say that I think the movie's cute. Uh, I think, I think the animation's really good in it. I think it looks really good. Um, but. That would be more interesting if they followed that bank robbing family. Yeah. Yes. Now that's, yes. What, that's what I mean. And so. Because like for the first 30, 40 minutes, like, oh, this movie's pretty cute. And I'm kind of getting into it. You know, they're just going around and. The, the minions, they're, they're really cute and they're having fun and then they're, you know, trying to find a, anyways, here's a trailer. Yeah, I was going to say, let's play the trailer, yeah. but there's really nothing I think that we can spoil necessarily, no. so just listen through the review. Yeah. Banana. <laughs> Minions. Have you ever wondered where they came from? They've been on this planet far longer than we have. They're all different. But they all share the same goal. To find the biggest, baddest villain to serve. Finding a master was easy. Keeping a master. That's where things got tricky. Nope, it wasn't easy for these guys. But nonetheless, they kept on looking. Ladies and gentlemen, Scarlet Overkill! Have any of you ever dreamt of working for the greatest supervillain of all time? These are the new recruits. No, no, don't say anything. I won't understand. I'm a villain, a winner, woman, that's in the winners. Do you know who this is? This is Queen Elizabeth. And I really, really, really want her crown. You came for the Queen's crown, did you? Well, you're gonna have to get through me. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, don't steal ladies' crowns! You backstabbing little traitor! Yeah, 
Scarlet. Don't you Scarlet me. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I hate you. This is torture. <laughs> This is really unprofessional. <laughs> I mean, it starts off as it's cute. They're like these little dudes who just want to be. They're born from fishes, right? Well, yeah. And the opening animation, I think, is really is really cool. Mm-hmm. And and like the way it starts, I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, like this is you're you're trying to invest me in like. Even though these guys are never going to say anything, you're trying to invest me in these characters and what they, what it is they want. And, like, you know, there's it, it, Wally proved that it is possible for you to have characters that never say anything and for me to love them. So here we go. This is your chance. Um, and, yeah, at first, like, even though I don't, like, them being cute isn't necessarily entertaining to me. I was like, okay, this is palatable, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I understand why other people might enjoy this. Um, and it's impressive that they can still tell the story with them not saying anything. Like, that's how good the animation is. Yeah. Like, you yeah. still understand what their motivations yeah, no, are I mean, I mean, without you, really talking. I think, I think that's true at first. Like, in that first 20, 30 minutes, yes. The story gets to a place, though, where you could fucking have a monkey throw shit at a wall and tell the story just as well. Because it's just stuff happening. Like... It's really easy to animate when things just happen and the other characters tell you they're like telegraph yeah, but, their, their, their But I still think it takes some talent to make those minions relatable and to understand. I mean, I think the movie I, is animated very well. I think it's I think it looks really good. Yes. I, I think what you just said is true, that it takes talent to make those minions relatable. I don't think that they are, though. Really? Yeah. I whatever think they're that, funny. I think they're I don't think they're funny. I don't think they're relatable. Those are two different things. Like. I don't walk away being like, oh, man, I want to be like Kevin. Like, when it's all said and done, I'm just like, oh. You don't want to be a hero? I don't know that he is. Like, I don't think he really, other than he gets, he, like, accidentally gets big, and then he does eat a mu- eat a missile. Like, other than that, I don't know that he, <sighs> I don't know that I relate to Kevin in any way, where, like, when I'm done, I'm like, I think it's really easy to say it that way. like to say like oh he's a hero and you should want to be a mm-hmm. hero like I, I think I that's, thought, that's I mean, low hanging fruit. I mean, my favorite was Bob in it. I thought he was cute. Yeah, but it, but he, yeah, I I don't know. There, there's yeah, some there's, there's some fun parts in this. There movie, is. But. I mean, like I said, the first twenty thirty minutes is really good, and then it, they introduce Scarlet Overkill, and I kind of and I, I don't sometimes when you hire. Um, Real celebrities to be actors are not good, and I don't think Sandra She's Bullock bad. brought anything to it. Yeah. Where Steve Carell is grew, I think is really good and funny, and maybe because he's trained to be a comedian and make voices and be silly. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she was nothing to it. I actually thought her husband Hugh was funnier. Um, well, I don't. Well, it's because John Hamm is funnier than she is. Yeah, and um... so I mean, I liked him, but it, once it got past them on the road trip and. Uh, you know, with the family of bank robbers, which is cool. It's cool, and then that was a good moment. Even at the con, was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, before they met, like, it's pretty much until Scarlet Overkill shows yeah, up. Yeah, like that's all the stuff that I thought like was kind of interesting. It's like, okay, take these these guys that just want to, they just want to serve an evil master, and they're on a road trip basically to a convention where they're going to meet a lot of them. Like that seems like the whole you that could be the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um. 
It's when they try to jam in this, like, we have to steal the crown jewels. Yeah. That whole story just seems yeah, kind of sucky. Yeah, no, I agree. And the, But then it, it gets funny. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, contrived. But, you know, when Bob pulls the sword out of stone, I thought it got really funny then. Uh, I, that was the point where I wanted to, I honestly was like, I could just leave. Really? Because it, it's funny. I thought it was funny. I, I, funny, yes, but that's the point at which it's like, okay, you're, you're not even trying. Like, yeah. you're 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 just making things happen just so you can move this story along, so you can have more banana jokes. Like, it, really, they say more banana things? I don't remember. There are a lot of banana jokes in that movie. There are a lot of banana jokes in that movie. Oh yeah, I, I don't think we. You know, we have these conversations before. I don't think we see the same movies sometimes. Well, so uh, I'll, when I I'm say over a lot, here nodding with him, uh, when I, know, I say I do, I, you're part of the problem too. When don't I say, like Hunger Games. When I say a lot, I mean it wasn't funny the first time, and then they kept doing it. So like, they're bananas on the boat, and it's like, oh, they like bananas. They're bananas in the in the at the very beginning. Like, hey, they find the first fruit, and it's a banana. And they, they like say the word banana, banana pants. It, it's funny when he's sucking on his head. And then the girls, yeah, the girls wearing banana clothes, and then. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of banana jokes. Okay, after the banana clove part, when does it show up? I again? don't know because that's when like yeah, the exactly. Movie start- no, 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 because that's, that's when it doesn't show up. That's when the movie started getting bad, and I started just staring no. at my food. No, because like, that's oh. before they met that family. So you guys are liars. No, no, no. And then they oh, and then there's times where it's like where like no overkill is like oh these are other things, and then Bob's like bananas, and then she's like yeah, and then you'll get bananas. Like no, the f- when see? they're running through the alleys at the end, and they have like the crowd of them in the street. Isn't there like a banana peel or something? Uh, probably no. Probably. No. There's lots of banana jokes. I just named like five banana jokes and none of them were funny. So there, that's already five jokes too I many. I swear Bob was chasing a banana at the end. Probably. Mm, yeah. I when he gets so. lost on his own, does he, is he chasing a banana? Oh, is that's that what when I'm he, saying. that's the banana girl? No, that, no, no, the banana girl's at a different point. No, Why does, when, well, the banana girl's when they're in New York. Right. But when, right. And when Bob gets lost on his own, is that because of the banana girl or is that, yeah, yeah New who got York. pulled it's into a, this? It's all the same joke. The water. No, I know. I was just, I couldn't remember. If, like, anyway, whatever. Um, yeah, but so if they had just, if it had been, we get to know the family of people who are criminals, we get to like them and then we meet like this, there's this whole like thing and they, and then the minions have to like decide among a bunch of different villains and figure out like which one they have to like follow and you make a plot out of that. Like that could have been really entertaining because I liked the little stuff in the background, all the details of like what these guys are doing and the crazy devices they're building. But Scarlet Overdrive's like secret weapons are the worst. Like they're a bad version of a Transformers movie, <laughs> which is like, oh, her dress turns into a rocket and then it turns into a bigger rocket sometimes. Like uh... sometimes it's hiding poison. Yeah, oh, man. It was cute. It was harmless. It wasn't harmless. I was, I was, was I guess harmless. I wasn't harmed. I was yeah. just super bored. Like, I didn't get a headache from watching the movie. Yeah, I didn't get bored. I got really bored. I got really bored. I think you guys went in with preconceived notions. No, about- I didn't. I kept saying before the movie, I was like, I want this movie to be good. I do. Like, I, I had the moment where I, like, calmed myself down. I was like, this is, like, I imagined a world where I came on the show. And in I was like, this is really the fun. Minions is a good movie. Yeah, like, I, I put myself into that place. Enough, enough that I just admitted to you, dude, 
everyone knows I hate Despicable Me. That movie pissed me off so much. I never. I think like I'm offended by what the minions mean in a world of children's entertainment. Like I think that the minions are bad for kids. Like I can give you all of that stuff. And I sat so there. So why are they bad for kids? And 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 I, for the first twenty, fifteen, twenty minutes of that movie, I was like, okay, okay, all right. Like I get what you're trying to do. Um, the the short version is that the the minions are an iconic picture of bad like just pandering to children where you're not actually trying to say anything they're sugar instead of vegetables yeah it's it's you're talking down to kids to be completely honest you're saying you guys are dumb we don't even need to talk in real language all we need to do is be cute oh it's it's fucking family guy for kids is what it is it's like we're just gonna throw a bunch of random, and that's what this movie feels like. We're gonna throw a bunch of random shit into a pot, and we're gonna mix it up enough that your your like two second attention spans that we keep making shorter and shorter as time goes on, you won't be distracted, and you'll you'll buy whatever garbage we sell you during the commercial breaks. Like that's what this stuff feels like. Because when I was six or seven, I was watching Batteries Not Included, and I'd sit through the whole fucking movie because I wasn't trained to think that like. Well, if it's not you know constantly changing or so you're constantly saying that if flashy, kids like the minions are stupid. No, I'm no, I'm saying that the people who are making movies mm-hmm. for kids and they're making them this way are vicious, malicious people who should stop making fucking entertainment for kids. I think you're being a little over. No, I'm. I don't think I am. I, I think I, you are. I want. I want like as as Layla grows up, my niece, mm-hmm. I want her to watch Batman the animated series, which is what she's watching now, because it tells her stories. And she'll learn things. Maybe and it, she'll t- like it teaches about it creep characters. She probably fucking does, and that's too bad. Watching the minion is like dangling keys in front of a yes. dog. It's fucking yarn for cats. That's what it is. There's worse things in the world, guys. Yeah, there is. But I'm I'm gonna fucking die on this one. This is the fight I'm picking. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> about little fucking yellow guys. Yeah, that, that's. I really like the joke when the guy calls them, or when the like news lady or whatever calls them bald, bald jaundiced children. children yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I laughed at that. That was really good. That was really good. But that's um, an adult joke. That's true. why it's better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it is hard when you saw Inside Out two weeks before, and you're going, yeah, oh, man, this is right. That, I found yeah. him making out with that hydrant in like the spa really creepy. Oh uh, yeah, especially because the the, si- the the sides of those hydrant look like boobs. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of like we're just I don't know. It's like an oddly sexual thing in a otherwise harmless movie. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I'm fine with that. At least it's, at least there's something edgy about it. <laughs> like at least you're taking some chance. Wow, so passionate about a fucking movie with little gibberish, I, I, yellow I, things. I paid and wasted an hour and a half, of, an hour. Because I will agree with you. Like that's that's what I'm saying. I think it's really. I'm really proud of myself that there's even 20 minutes of this movie that I thought were palatable. Because I felt all the things I just said. I felt going in, like I. Yeah. So you had you know a prejudice against it. No, no, <laughs> it's, it's so not how fun. it works. <laughs> Such a dick. Next year, next year, if they put out the fucking like a movie that is just the fish from the Lorax, I will be just as furious. Because the fish from the Lorax are the same thing. Yeah, it's so funny because Brad, if I do that, he's like, "Dude, whatever, it's stupid." James gets like on his soapbox and he just won't stop going. And all I have to do is say, "The minions is pretty good." Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think it was harmless. I don't. I, I laughed and I thought it was cute. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world. There, there, there's definitely worse cartoons for children. I'd rather watch Jurassic World, though. 
course, Jurassic you like Jurassic World. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part about? is a generation of kids are going to grow up and form their opinion of what's good based on this, and you're just be okay with it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Why? Why does it matter? Yeah. They, they, then yeah. Ugh. Okay, but you say you like Batteries Not Included. That's not that great of a movie either. But what? Yeah, I said it. Batteries oh Not Included is a God. good movie. It is. The fuck out of here. It is okay. Mm. It is okay. Uh, we are we are gonna fight. Good. <laughs> good. Dude, because I'm not saying it's I'm no, not because your basis like, is like this is so fucking stupid. Kids are stupid if they like that. Yes, you know what? Batteries Not Included is not ki- that great. I didn't say kids are stupid if they like it. I yes, said, you did. I said that it is like menial, trite conversation with children. It is it is dangling the keys in front of a kid. Like it, that's what it is. And yeah. and for me, like I, I would rather kids get stories and characters mm-hmm. and And you get that from batteries not included? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Remember the the, the fucking <laughs> the, the 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 kid who's like the gangster kid who gets mm-hmm. hired to, to to tear down that hotel building, right? Sure. And then he goes through this whole thing and then by the end realizes how bad he has been and has that amazing scene where he goes to Jessica Tandy and he just starts crying. Right and like breaks down. Like when I was a kid, I understood that that was a character who was was misguided, who'd been confused during his life, and has this moment. Even though he did something like bad or tried to do something really bad, he has this moment of realization, and it's something good comes out of it because that guy gets redeemed because of that those events. That even by doing something bad, something good came out of it. Like. I understood that and I was like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Like, I believe that children are smart and that they should get good entertainment and mm-hmm. that they should be like talked to like adults if we want them to become good, intelligent adults. I don't think that's what the Minions is even trying to be. And I think that's a crime. I think the Minions is trying to be entertaining. I don't think it. Well, I not, think not it's every, failing. Not every movie has to be, has it's to al- say something. It's also failing at that. I, I actually kind of disagree with you. I, I, I know I, you would. Yeah, like I, know I, you would. I think every like yeah, but you also believe that a movie has to talk to you directly for you to enjoy it. No, not because, me. Dir- no, because no. You, you you do say lines like, "Oh, um, this isn't how I wanted the movie to go." It doesn't matter what you want. No, no, no. You are so twisting my words. He's also just picking on you. No, I know, I know. <laughs> no, you said that about Jurassic World. You said it did not happen how I wanted it to. How I wanted this movie to happen. Yeah, but <sighs> they're not making the movie for you, James. But if they had just told no. me a good six hundred six hundred million dollars later, it can't Whoa. be wrong. They're trying to make yeah, that movie for everybody. Marketing. Yeah, and they missed it on him and me. Just... Oh my god! Oh my god! You're the worst. <laughs> just kidding. You're so bad. <laughs> Listen, I you know it, I'm right. Okay, let's let's rewind. Remember, I said if I I can just say one thing to James, he gets on a soapbox. All I had to say was batteries not included is not that good. Right. And yes. Then, boom. Wrong. And I just gave you a great argument for why it is. I love that movie too. I'm gonna slash your tires on my way out of here. <laughs> See, at least I argued with you. He's you, just going to slash you your argue tires. with me, Brad. Is more I have too much direct. blind rage to do anything about it. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my goodness. So that was fun. The movie's a national treasure. You should put it in the registry. Whoa, no. So, see, he's <laughs> taking it a little bit far. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah. Because I just did what I said I was going to do 15 no. minutes earlier, and it worked. No. <laughs> all, all movies should be saying something. I'm going to get on the website and write an article. The difference between Jaws and just a regular-ass garbage forgettable thriller is that Jaws is trying to say something and has characters that What's are... What's Jaws trying to say? Jaws is a in the mo- water. <laughs> no, Jaws is a movie about a man trying to really find himself. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Don't the same thing sharks. is true for Jurassic Park. Like, you know, if you take out uh, Grant's story, like, 
If it were just a movie where people ran away from from jobs, what I'm saying is, movies like Transformers are not that good, even though I have fun with them because they're not really saying anything. I think we got a Transformer. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Laura, Laura was saying something. Say something. You just made my point, James. What point? So, I've as I've become a parent. Yeah. Sometimes kids it doesn't have to mean anything. Sometimes things can just be silly and on a kid's level, and they can relate and think it's funny. I disagree with on a kid's level. I no, when you were a kid, no, go back like, to the Disney movies trans- you liked when you were a kid. Yeah. Those movies. We're still saying something. There was still a story there. My favorite Disney movie as a child was The Little Mermaid, which is about a woman giving up everything she has for a man. Yeah, but it's also about like going and trying to find love and like those are the things and that as a kid you're trying to take away. You have for a man. Yes, and that's not good. I'm not saying that every like Right. I'm not gonna Ryan just said Never mind. <laughs> you you went through the same thought process yeah. I was just saying, it's not Jay, as as you can appreciate the Transformers and understand that it's shit and it's still entertaining, I imagine that kiddos feel the same way about the minions. I no, I I don't agree with that argument. I don't at all. Well, like, I'm a parent, so I'm more right than you are. Have no, you seen a lot of kids fuck, these days? Fuck. I'm really worried that No. Nope. The success rate of that transition there, there are a lot of people low. who are parents who don't have real good like intelligently thought out ideas and so i don't think that your argument holds water sorry <laughs> it's like me and laura know james really well and we're just picking <sighs> on him <laughs> oh, oh this is frustrating can we end this show i gotta go to bed i won't even so? be able, i'm not even gonna be able to sleep i'm gonna lay there and be like ryan doesn't think better is not included is a good movie <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch Batteries Not Has he good. even seen Batteries did I, did I say it was not a good movie? I said it's not as good as you think it is. Uh, <laughs> seriously? It's too easy, fine James. wine. It gets easy. better with age. <laughs> Actually, it probably doesn't. Uh, you like, know, Inner Space is coming out. On like Blu-ray. Jessica Tandy, that movie gets better with age. I think the music in Inner Space sucks. Just one for that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen Inner Space in a long time. Inner Space may not hold up. He's just saying that because Rod Stewart did the theme for it. Yeah. Oh, trying to throw it oh. back in his face. Oh, yeah. oh okay, that's yeah. that's fine. Actually, it's not even an original song. He just rips it off from, from Sam Cooke. So. He does. And the video is like Martin Short dancing with him, so he totally sold out for that. Sorry. <laughs> right. Sometimes you do things for money. Ask Mark Wahlberg in Transformers Four. <laughs> Ask the uh, Illumination. Yeah. <laughs> team. Guess what? That, that movie's already gross, like three hundred million dollars. I think cost seventy five million dollars to make. Yeah, all they're doing is going. Haha, when does Minions two come out? Uh, <laughs> don't don't go see Minions. Just don't. It's too late, James. Everybody's see, already seen it. Go see Inside Out. Like mm. everybody's already seen that too. It's go almost made three hundred million dollars. Go see Paranorman. Go see like there's so many good movies out there. Like, oh god, actually you're right. Stay home and watch Legend of Korra. Actually, don't because that movie's too adult. Stay home and watch The Last Airbender. Come on now. Minions two is gonna outgross Inside Out. That's sad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not that money dictates, yeah, quality. Okay. We 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 saw like three trailers for movies for kids that all looked better than the Minions before this one. Because there was that one, the, the Shaun the Sheep one. Hmm. Uh, which also seems really like has no dialogue. Yeah. yeah, which also has no dialogue. 100% right now on Rotten Tomatoes is Shaun the Sheep. Yeah. What were the other two? Uh, I can't remember, but they both looked good. 
We didn't see a good dinosaur trailer. What else would there have been? Oh, never mind. I take it back because one of the trailers was for... Wait for it. The Road Trip. Where anything can happen. And usually does. But this Christmas... Get ready to raise the stakes when the road trip becomes... Party way, man. Road chip. Oh, I saw oh, that one my too. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was horrible. Oh my goodness. All right. So I bet remember when better than road uh, chip. Jason Lee shows up and he's like, Alvin. Whoa, bro, you didn't say it like you're supposed to. Yeah. Yep, the road chip. I remember that because we just listened to the trailer. Mm-hmm. Next week we're seeing Ant Man. Yeah. Which should be awesome. I'm excited. And uh, Andrew will be on the show. Cool. And we'll see if we can get James to get all worked up again. Oh, man. Um, go see the Minions, and then you can form no. your own opinion. No. No. <laughs> the whole point here is to say don't go see the Minions. Even you. We, when Brad and I walked out, we were joking about, like, God damn, we're both going to come back and say this movie's bad, and then Ryan's going to be like, you guys just don't know how to have fun in movies anymore. And then even you came back and was like, this kind of, it kind of went off the rails. It did. I, I mean, liked the, it at first. Like I said, went, the first, Ugh. I don't know, maybe 30 minutes was pretty good. Yeah. And then the rest is meh. And I agree with you. Yeah. Maybe if they just made a 30 minute movie, that just ended it. Should have been straight just, to DVD. Yeah. It's funny because you say that, but even straight to DVDs, I was telling them, I, I never mentioned this, but I went, there's a, like, on Netflix, there's a straight to DVD or straight to Netflix, uh, How to Train Your Dragon movie called like dragon race or race to the edge or mm-hmm. race to the edge i think it's called uh and i watched about 15 minutes and then turned it off because it was so bad mm. and i love how to train your dragon you do um you but would the... suck toothless dick whoa 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 <laughs> uh <laughs> my mom's listening to this i know that's probably the worst thing i've said in like two months compared to what you've said it's <laughs> don't buy him any how to train your dragon toys <laughs> suck it off <laughs> that's horrible um. Yeah. No. It's just. It was really bad. It was really bad. That sucks. Yeah. And I think part of why it rubbed me the wrong way is all the voices are are different. Um, mm, that'd be so, weird. Yeah. So it's I. Like it may Aladdin be Aladdin too. The Return of Jafar. Yeah. Where the where the genie is played by some dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. Kellen, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> now I finally have...
the audio proof of you trying Sweet. to train your son to say fuck. Parent of the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, by the way, don't forget to rip out uh, Henry Jarvis's... Hey, 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 Kellen. See? The power. Don't play with the power. You're going to put your fingers in there. It's already unplugged. It's out of the wall. Oh, is it? Yeah. He did. And Kellen just successfully killed the podcast. (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good. I guess I should have freaked out more when he started playing with the power cable.